Ladies and gentlemen, if you're ready for some fantasy hockey streaming advice, it's time for the most styling, profiling, wheeling and dealing, jet flying, limousine riding podcast in all the land. It's the reigning, defending, undisputed fantasy hockey streaming champion of the world. It's the stream Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to a very special preseason edition of the Stream Scheme, where myself and my dear friends PJ and Mason are going through each position, giving you our top 10 players at each position for this upcoming 2021 to 2022 NHL season. We are presented by the greatest fantasy hockey podcast in the world, Keeping Carlson, and will often refer to the best league in the world, the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League, aka the Cuckupful. This is the fifth and final installment of this preseason series. If you're listening to this, you can go back and check out our top 10 right wingers, centers, left wingers, and goalies. And today we are ranking our top 10 defenders for next year. And also before we get into everything, I just want to say if you're listening to this or hopefully re-listening to this podcast and just want a quick recap of our top 10 defenders, just skip to the end of this podcast. I'll make sure to keep the list recaps very close to the end of the episode. But just a quick refresher of what exactly we're doing today, starting with our 10th overall defender and working our way up to number one overall, we're ranking our defenders for this next year. So it's where we would take them in a redraft league for the 2021 to 2022 season and we are using couple points scoring that means for skaters it's 4.5 points for a goal three points for an assist 0.5 points for a shot 0.5 points for a block 0.25 points for a hit and one point for a short-handed point point. and last but certainly not least we are turning these individual rankings into a contest as to who has the best overall list at both each position and best overall ranker as well after this podcast, head on over to Twitter at NHL Stream Scheme and vote on who has the best rankings for defenders. And fellas, the rankings are kind of in for our top 10 left wingers. Uh, typically, we'd give the last podcast a little bit more time to breathe and get some votes in. But with the couple slow drafts starting up on Monday, September 20th, we wanted to make sure we had all our previews out in time for you, the loyal stream scheme listener, all the information that you need to make informed draft picks. So yeah, the preliminary votes are in for the left winger pools and Mason is currently trending towards his first official dub with 75% of the vote. PJ still piling up those overall votes at 25%. And I guess People really didn't like me ragging on Landeskog a little bit and Huberto because I have a big old goose egg for that amount of votes. So with drafts starting out this week and cupful drafts opening up as well, perhaps we could see a lot of votes pouring in over this next week. So even though PJ has a pretty decent overall lead at this point, I'd venture to say it's still anyone's game heading into our top 10 defenders here. So let's hear from our co-hosts. Let's shoot it over to our first time winner, Mason, first. 
Mason, how's it going? How's it feel to finally get a dub? How do you feel about your top 10 defenders? And how do you feel about defense overall this year? Well, I must say I'm feeling pretty great to have, um, yeah, taken the left wing vote. I was pretty confident with my list and it looks like, uh, yeah, people are on my side with that one. Um, with some pretty bad statistical analysis, I'd say this puts me very close to PJ in the overall ranking. So I think uh, if I can do well on these defensemen, um, yeah, like you said, it's still anybody's game. Uh, as for defense overall, looking at my top 10, um, it seems honestly like a pretty um, pretty horizontal list. Like I don't see anyone head and shoulders above um, the other players. And I think we might get to this a little bit more later in the episode, but, um, my strategy would probably be to just take one near the, near the end of this top tier and not, um, try to use such a high pick on getting one of the first guys. Sounds good. And let's toss it to our aforementioned overall votes leader, PJ. Peach, how's it going? Same thing to you. How do you feel about your top 10 defenders? How do you feel about defense? And lastly, are you at all nervous about potentially blowing your lead if you completely crap the bed on this list? Well, I'd just like to start off by saying there's still plenty of time to vote for those left-wing positions. Uh, I'm not out of that race yet, but uh, no, Mason definitely, uh, you know, we had a fairly similar list on that one, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, defense is an interesting one for me. Uh, a few years back, I think it was like two years ago in a couple, I actually had the, the turn and I took a DD on the turn. And like Mason just said, that would not be my strategy these days looking at these rankings. Uh, that was maybe a little bit more when a couple of the guys were kind of sitting at that leaps and bounds ahead of others. And I still did pretty well that year, but I don't think I would go with that strategy again. Um, I can't remember if it was like Burns and Carlson back like three years ago. I think I saw somebody do that or, you know, before they were even playing on the same team. Um, but yeah, uh, this one's going to be interesting. I agree with Mason. There's you know, I put some uh, of my rankings in and I've got a few guys in a tier that are like with my projections only, you know, three to four points, like a couple points apart. So honestly, it could be the matter of like one extra assist or like, you know, a couple extra blocks or something that could really change these rankings around. Um, but I'm feeling pretty good about the list overall. And I, and I do agree with what Mason said. It's probably worth trying to get one of these guys. I don't know that I would be, you know, trying to get my my first overall D and then also try and get my like sixth overall D in like the second or third round either. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there's uh, any similarities on our list uh, or not. Cause I feel like this one, maybe just, I, I noticed a, a closeness between the players on this one a bit more where I feel like I could have put this guy in sixth or ninth. And it'll be interesting to see where you guys put those guys. Yeah, and I definitely agree with you guys. I was kind of talking with Mason before. Uh, obviously, when we were doing our other lists, like I like those guys so much. I was kind of thinking like, man, I really kind of want to go almost like zero D or at least kind of wait on D a decent bit because all the I like all these other skaters so much. But uh, and yeah, doing this, I kind of like I'm is very well happy with having like number 14. Uh, as opposed to like having number one, I don't think they're that far away, but we shall see. And I just got to say uh, for me personally, this is the list. I think that I've moved people around the most. I know I told you guys earlier in our chat that I had some hot picks, but since then, maybe after moving some guys around doing a little bit more research, I think it's maybe cooled off a bit. 
but I still think there are some uh, some hot spots in there. We shall see. And I think this is the draft that I'm putting myself most at risk to blowing myself up in snake drafts and things like that. But that's the risk I'm willing to take for you, the loyal stream scheme listener. So with that, let's get right into it. We'll start with the first time preliminary winner, Mason. Let's start with you. Who do you have as your 10th overall ranked defender for this next year? So my 10th overall defender is Darnell Nurse. Um, I wasn't completely sure that I wanted him in my list, but it's hard to argue with his second overall um, finish for defenseman last year. And um, just the safe floor that he gives with his peripherals is, uh, yeah, really hard to pass up. So I had to include him in my top 10, and I'm curious to see if you guys have him there. Uh, believe it or not, I actually also had him 10th as well. Um, and I'm, I'm willing to guess that uh, Edmonton boy uh, PJ over there might also have him somewhere in his top 10, but let's see where. Yeah, actually, uh, I have Nurse slotted in at number seven, so quite a bit higher than you guys um and there's some stuff i with my projections i did take into account his shooting percentage um but then i also did the numbers last year if you dropped his shooting percentage down to what it was even the year before so take you know half of his goals he was still ranking uh in the top 10 even last year had he not had his big shooting so you know i i i I put a pencil them in for around 12 goals this season, which I think is actually a bit lighter than some of the other projections I've seen. Um, it's a bit more than I think I saw one at 10. Um, but I still think just with his peripherals, that's where I really like nurse. I've been singing nurses praise. Uh, you know, Braden Paps heard me talk about this guy for probably like six years on being that he was just going to be a fantasy multi-cat stud. And it's just because he puts up shots, hits and blocks all in the hundreds. So that's just guaranteed. You're probably going to have, you know, three and a half to fork a couple points if he gets an assist that's all you really need per per sorry without even an assist you can have like three and a half a couple points from him just from taking a couple shots couple blocks and a couple hits a game throwing an assist or a goal on there and you're gonna have a big night from a defenseman so he's a guy I like he's continually finished up there in a couple the past few seasons um you know not right up at the top like he did last year I, I think that's going to cool off a little bit um because of those goals dropping off but I still think he's a guy that yeah, you know, we've seen it in the mock drafts. He's been going fairly early, um, probably a little bit later than where I'm putting him. But I, I actually think the value's there, uh, even though he doesn't have that top power play time. PJ, just wondering, you said uh, you took his shooting percentage down um, from the 10.4% he shot at and uh, put it to what he had the year before to take away half his goals. Um, but he shot at 2.9% the year before going up to 10%. So that would be like so, over sorry, 30 I, goals. Sorry, I took his career average shot shooting percentage, okay. not last year's. At, yeah, at like 4.9% 4. 4. or something like that. Uh, around just about, just under half of what he had last year. Yeah, I was, I was looking at that too. Um, so if you take out this past season, um, his career shooting percentage before this past season was only 38 um, so it's including this huge spike season that uh, brings him up to the 4.9. But I do think, like, um, I remember the Edmonton uh, interview from Keeping Carlson. Uh, he said Nurse really leveled up his shot. And um, I do think, like, his shot has seemingly improved over his career. And, um, you know, I don't think he's going to shoot 10.4. But I even have him projected for a couple more goals than you um, just 
couldn't find enough to move him past that 10th spot for me um, over some of these other guys. Yeah, and just to go on that, Mason, you're right. The Low Tide um, was who was the mm. interview, I believe, on Keeping Carlson. And yeah, he's written a few articles on The Athletic as well and um, really focusing in on what Nurse is doing to change that shot. And part of it's just he used to come in and he'd just kind of shoot the puck at the net, like right, hit the chest, that sort of thing. He's actually aiming his shot now is what a lot of metrics are showing. And he's trying to pick those corners a bit more. With that, you know, he misses the net a few times. So we might actually see slight dip in shots. Uh, you know, we didn't really see it last year, but there is that slight chance. But I don't think it's going to be anything significant to worry about. Um, but it's more so, you know, he's getting that top line or top pairing time now um, in past seasons. He wasn't there either. So he, and he was playing. He was one of the leading defenseman for ice time last year and that's even without power play time so you know I think that last power play game he almost played 60 minutes or sorry that last um, playoff game that Edmonton got swept in I believe he was just under 60 minutes in the game like that's a lot of confidence that team's putting in him even without the power play time and he's just getting the ice time he's going to be able to get those hits those blocks those shots and throw in some points when you're playing with guys like McDavid and Drysaddle. All he really has to do is get them the puck and he's he's going to get a couple apples right there. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know that he's been in the top 10 before in a couple scoring, but I'm definitely willing to believe enough in ice time and the players he's playing with um, from the last season or two to uh, believe he'll end up there again. And Pete, how many games did he actually steal power play one time? See, there, was a, there was a stretch there. Yeah, I think Mason just put up his hand. It was probably around... It was not much. It was probably five to maybe, I think it's under 10 still. Um, and I don't think we see that happening. I think if anything, we just see maybe Barry's time on PP1. So Edmonton was notorious for running basically four guys for almost the full two minutes every time and swapping out like Chase on for a different net front guy. Um, Barry would be the next guy that would swap out, but basically Nugent Hopkins, Darnell Nurse, and Connor McDavid all played pretty much the same power play time. I think they all had the same season average PP average time on ice. Um, and with that, it was like looking at like two, like just under, it was basically like four and a half minutes a game or something like that, that they were having. And then everyone else was around a minute. So if we saw them pull Barry off that power play a little bit earlier and see nurse, but the problem is Barry's right hand nurse's left hand. So it, it's just not really, they're trying to make that power play work with the right hand. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Bouchard coming up. So they'll probably keep wanting to run that power play with a right hand dot defenseman so that when eventually Bouchard maybe in three years down the line is coming to, to take in, if, if that all goes well, he's also a right shot defenseman. So they'll just keep that power play working the same way. Yeah. Cause that's what I was kind of originally thinking, like my noob self, I was like, Oh, well, he's going to get, I thought like a lot of his, you know, when, when you look at that huge point total, first thing, obviously you think of is I thought I was like, Oh, well, he, he took the top power play for a little bit, but then turns out it wasn't really that long. And then you go, Oh, look at his shooting percentage. But even still, like, like you said, PJ, even if you have it, he's still incredibly high up there in points. And then I was like, well, second power play, that's not great. And then when you think about it, he's still playing that second power play with like McDavid and dry side and things like that. So I originally had, he was one of the guys that kind of had in and out, but at the end of the day, yeah, that floor was just something I, I couldn't deny not putting in my top 10. So uh, me and Mason have uh, Darnell Nurse here at 10th overall. 
PJ a little bit higher, maybe a little hometown bias there at seventh overall here. Uh, but PJ, let's uh, shoot it back to you. Who do you then have for your 10th overall defender? Well, I was just talking about a bit there. I actually have Tyson Berry at 10th overall in my list and kind of similar things to what I was just saying. He's the guy that's getting that PP one time. Um, you know, I even went a little bit conservative on his point production, in my opinion, for what I'm also seeing in some other spots. So I actually could see him probably outperforming where I put if he ends up trying like doing anything similar to what his, you know, projections were or like over an 82 game pace from last season. I think it cools off a little bit from that. You know, they were playing in that North division. They're still playing in the Pacific though, which will be one of the easier divisions in my opinion. Um, but he's just a guy who he'll probably have a little bit less ice time right now. We'll see how it shakes out right now. They probably have him slotted in on the top pairing with nurse, but I don't know if that's going to be the whole season. We saw him kind of go up there, come back off throughout last season. Ethan bear started up there even later in the playoffs. They had Barry off the top pairing and had other guys kind of rotating through. I saw some projections with Bouchard playing with Nurse. I don't see that happening personally, but, you know, there's there's some lines out there. Um, but I just think, again, he's a guy who, you know, he has his defensive issues, but for offense-wise, he's going to put up points. He's Yeah, so I have Barry projected around 63 points, which I think is maybe even a little bit conservative, but I didn't want to go too high on him just from the last season. Um, but, yeah, with a, a decent amount of that coming from the, the power play, I think I'm listed for, like, you know, around – 27 or 28 power play points out of that so yeah it'll be interesting to see uh he's a guy i i like uh for points uh you know but i uh, as an oilers fan he's not the most exciting defensively player but you know what if he can help put the puck in the back of the net then that's what i'm looking for when i'm playing fantasy so yeah he made my top 10 mason where do you have barry if you have Barry in your top 10. No Barry in my top 10. Uh, how about you? Uh, hot, hot take alert. Uh, I've got Barry third overall. Wow. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess I'll go first here, kind of explain my reasoning. Then we'll toss it back over to you, Mason, to hear why you don't even have him in your top 10. At least, at least PJ out of 10. But um, I mean, yeah, I, maybe recency bias here, uh, obviously, but I mean, I made I made like the worst one of the worst trades I've ever made last year. Um, obviously, Barry fell off the top power play. I was very uh, upset in myself. He's someone I took kind of early. Uh, he only had two points in his first eight games. And I'll let you know, it was most likely after that eighth game in which I made the trade. And uh, here's what he did after that. 46 points in 48 games. Okay, <laughs> he just went off the rails bananas. And if he can come anywhere close to that, like Pete, you're saying you're projecting him for 63 points. That's incredible. That's elite. I don't know how you don't have him higher for that. Uh, like he doesn't get a lot of hits or blocks necessarily, but he still shoots a crap done, uh, which is what I care about. And so it's not like he doesn't get any perifs at all. So if he can, if he can, if we're saying that like 55 points is freaking floor and I'm pretty sure, yeah, he is after he kind of worked out the kinks, he was pretty locked down on that top power play getting the, obviously with the same people as nurse, but you know, much larger chunk of the time, most likely. And so yeah, his upside is out of this world. He has an incredibly high floor and he shoots a ton. I don't see any reason why he can't be one of the top 
fantasy defenders in this league this next year. Mason, why do you not feel the same? Yeah, I guess I'm the very detractor here. Um, I did have him, like, he's an honorable mention. He is within uh, two fantasy points for me of Nurse, so he could definitely pass Nurse. Um, but like I said at the start, I want Nurse for the floor, um, for all the ice time he's getting, and for all the peripherals. Um, I, I don't think Edmonton wants Barry playing close to 22 minutes a game. Like he's not that kind of guy. So I could see, like PJ said, his uh, ice time coming down a little bit this year. Maybe he's not top pairing with nurse. So um, that might eat into things a little bit. Um, I actually, I have him projected for almost 70 points. So a higher projection than PJ and yet still don't have him uh, inside my top 10. Um, I, I can't wait to like see what you guys said, think of these other guys. Like, what the heck is yeah, going like, on? <laughs> like they've said, um, after those first eight games, he went nuts and was close to a point per game. So I'm trying to balance the like career that we've seen from Barry. Like, I get that he's on the top power play with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl. And of course, you want to buy into that. And um, I think he's going to be great this year. I'd be happy to have him on my team. Um, but at the same time, like throughout his whole career, he's played with, he was playing with McDavid and Rantanen and Landeskog, and then he was playing with Matthews and Marner and Tavares. Now he's playing with uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid, who are, um, you know, likely the best power play of that group. But with those other teams, he was only putting up 60 points every year. So even with the better, with the better team in, uh, in Edmonton, like I can't, see him going above 70 um i think he'll have some cool stretches this next year probably um he might go off and go for 80 but he could also he has a lower floor floor than these other guys where he could end up at 62 so that's why i have him right in the middle at 70 this is way higher than what you said your floor of 55 for him was dave i'm confident that he'll be very good this year but i think uh all the guys ahead of him have much better peripherals and ice time and are on great top power plays as well can we just can we just take a minute here where i uh am super excited to hear mason say that the oilers are the best team of the three that he mentioned between the leafs and colorado and edmonton uh that that was just really nice to say i'm sure you meant the best power <laughs> play, power play team. yeah <laughs> but i did enjoy that as an oilers fan i always love to hear that uh you know as knowing that colorado is pretty good up there um the one other thing i just wanted to touch on so yeah like i mentioned i did do it conservatively uh the one thing i didn't mention with that is is part of what we were referring to I'm interested to see if they run Barry on that top power play as much as they did, or if they switch him out with say a nurse and, um, you know, Bouchard for the second power play and let those other D get a little bit more power play time this year. Cause like I mentioned last year, he was running almost the whole power play, like on the power play the, almost the whole time. And it'd be interesting to see if they kind of split that time a little bit more instead of like that first whistle and just having the net front guy switch. Maybe they swap some D as well. Um, it'd be interesting to see. Like I said, I think I'm going conservative. Even as I look at it now, I, I feel like the number should be higher. So, you know, that's my projections. They might change before I do my real draft. But Mason, you're, you're crazy to not have him in the top 10. He led the league in scoring for defensemen last year. It's just just super exciting. I, How, I understand your reasoning, though. Uh, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have the same peripheral floor as some of these other guys, even that I'm looking at up on my list. That's why he didn't make it any higher for me, because I agree. All it takes is him to be kind of have a little bad stretch, get bumped off that power play for some reason. And all of a sudden his points start drying up a little bit and he doesn't have enough 
other stuff, which is the same reason why I put Nurse higher, even though he's not on that top power play. He just has that such secure floor, even from his five on five time. So I understand where you're coming from. I still, uh, I'm still happy to have him in my top 10. Dude, yeah, I will say third overall. I love it. It's great. Come on. <laughs> I will say, I, I, I like Barry, and I could say a lot of good things about him. The reason I'm saying the negatives is because you guys are hyping him up so much, and I've got to explain why he's not in my top 10. I honestly can't believe that you have him in your top 10 when you're projecting him for only 63, because, you know, there are a lot of guys that are going to surpass a 63-point defenseman how that many, has no peripherals. So. Oh, I would, I would love to know how, how, how many seasons there's been, like, 10 people who have 60 plus points as a defender am i wrong am i crazy and thinking well, that that's a like super just, rare like feat 60 points for a defender I like think we're dave i'm looking at maybe... this last season he was he was 10th in fantasy points per game for defensemen so right on that verge of not being in the top 10 last year i guess you're expecting he'll take a big step forward this year i'm expecting he's not going to crap the bed for the first like one sixth of the season essentially for him who else is going to crap the bet though when you have guys that have been top 10 or well, top we'll, five like six years in a row? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it as we get to these, <laughs> the rest of these okay. lists. All right. Because apparently I'm a lot higher on Barry. You guys are a lot higher on someone else, I guess. So. Well, I'd just like to say so far, I think this is our spiciest episode yet. But yeah. I'm really excited to see the rest of our list. This is awesome. Well, well, TJ, we're really close at having him at 10th and 11th. So. I think <laughs> Dave's a spicy take here, but um, yeah, you probably have him in because he's an oiler and I have him out because he's like two points slower than someone else. And because you knew I'd have him in the list. You had to, it had to change up our list. Wait, for how once. many, how, Mason, how many people do you have? Just, you'll have to tell me who they are. How many defenders do you have? Cause you said you projected him for 70 points and he's not in your top 10. 69 points. Okay. How many defenders do you have projected <laughs> for 75 points or more? Like, 70, 75 or more you're saying? Yeah. That's a, that's a high bar. I only have one. Projected six points more from 69. I know, but I'm so looking, if you put the bar at 70, I have four guys over 70. Oh, geez, Louise. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's enough on Tyson Bear. You've heard all of our spiels. <laughs> Mason's got him as his uh, top honorable mention there. PJ's got him at 10th overall. And I hope to get Tyson Berry around <laughs> where, where they're thinking about taking him. I've got him all the way up there at third overall over some names that uh, are definitely more commonly up there. I guess we'll say that. Uh, let's see here. Up next, uh, let's go back to uh, Mason. Who do you have as your uh, ninth overall guy? Well, I'm hoping Dave likes this one because I've got uh, someone from your team here with Chris Letang at ninth overall. How about you? Chris Letang was my top honorable mention, believe it or not. Uh, no homerism here. How about you, PJ? Uh, yeah, I also have him as my top honorable mention. I have him at that 11th spot. And uh, like I was maybe mentioning before this started, with my projections in like cupful scoring ranking, he's right there with kind of my 9, 10, 11, 12, even 13 isn't too far. I have them all pretty pretty close in couple scoring. So um, Mason, I don't think you're far off putting him in there because he definitely, it could be an assist and it changes that ranking and all of a sudden he he pops into my top 10. Yeah, and I, there's, it's, this is not poo-pooing Latang. It's more so just liking everyone else above him more so. There's a lot to like about Latang this year. 
Um, I, I've been talking about this in the other podcasts. I love the Penguins in the regular season, at least this year. Uh, you, I don't draft on injury worries, so you know that didn't have anything to do with it. And he's in a contract year, which you know I love as well. So he has all the more reason to maybe fight through those uh, minor injuries, maybe that may have kept him out of games in the past. But uh, why do you have uh, Latang here ninth, even over someone like Nurse? Yeah, so he's over Nurse because he scores a lot more points. Like he put up almost a seventy-point pace this last year. He's consistently putting up. 70 point paces like all throughout his career like you could go back I think to 2010 and he's put up a 70 point pace um over his career since 2010 which it's just absolutely bonkers like you're talking about oh there's only a couple guys that are gonna hit 70 every year like Latang is one of those guys every single season um and he also he shoots a lot he hit quite a bit um and has decent blocks so he's not like He's not a nurse type of player, but he's going to give you a lot more of those um, peripherals than Barry does. I think it's, you know, Barry might put up a couple more points, but um, that's going to put Latang ahead. And looking at this past season, um, he finished seventh in uh, defenseman scoring points per game. So, um, sorry, fantasy points per game. So that's ahead of Barry um, behind Nurse, but I think we all expect Nurse to regress a little bit. So he's got a high floor with the peripherals and playing on that top power play um, and the high ceiling I think because he can score 75 in a year percentages and break a little more his way than um, than they sometimes do so uh, yeah I'm pretty happy having him in there I'm surprised you guys are pretty high on Gensel and Crosby and stuff so I'm surprised that you know the defenseman on that top power play wouldn't be in your list I mean yeah again nothing against him I, I think I think he'll do great uh, just uh, maybe, I don't know maybe it is like the little injury history creeping in there even though I claim to not uh, have anything to do with my lists here but he is kind of due for one he didn't have an injury last year so <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see but um yeah so... <laughs> I think I think that's fair the injury history would be the one thing that would take him outside of the top 10 if I wanted to draft somebody else ahead of him but um assuming he's healthy for almost all the season um and I and I'd also say like yeah like he, he's pacing for all that but um the last time he did have like a completely full season, he did get 51 points, which is obviously I, I, I hear the, the, the criticism in my head. Oh, just 51 points, you know, like a, still an elite defender and things like that. So, Hey, I'm, I'm fully with you. I hope he does a uh, tremendous this year. And uh, I, I don't know. I think uh, just based on maybe also, maybe it has something to do with based on name value. I just kind of assume that he'll go a little bit higher um, then when I'd be willing to take them and I'd be maybe just more excited to draft the rest of the guys in my top 10. I think the other thing for me, the only, there was probably two factors that just bumped him down slightly, even though I was saying he's in that kind of tier with a whole bunch of guys and don't get me wrong. You know, we're doing our top 10 list, but I kind of have this chunk I've mentioned a few times of probably from my like eighth to 13th, where I'd be happy getting any of those guys. So you know, like you said, Dave, I'd, I'd be very excited to get Latang if he falls to where I'm comfortable with him, but he might go a bit higher. I have to admit, I know I've said it too, that I don't draft on injury concern, but that was one of the factors when I'm just looking at like comparables between two guys that are so close, that's where it came became a factor. It wasn't like a, oh, I'm not putting 
Latang in my top 10 because he has injury concerns. It was once I started looking at two guys that were so close in my projections for fantasy points. You know, I leaned that way and I possibly just leaned slightly on age as well. You know, I, I do like what you mentioned, Dave. He's in a contract year. I think he's going to try and prove it. If he can stay healthy, he could definitely outperform being that 11th spot on my list right now. Um, but, you know, he's 34 years old. It's not not like he's old, old. He's not Chara signing with the Islanders today, playing in his 25th season now. But, you know, 34 compared to some of these other guys that I'm looking on this list that are in there like 27, 28, kind of in that defenseman prime zone when they're they're going to be doing elite. Again, nothing against Latang. He's He's been elite, like you said, Mason, for so many years, his pacing. The problem is it's pacing, and then he's been injured for a bunch of those games, and he doesn't finish a full season. So, like I said, all these guys are like an assist or two apart from each other. If he gets injured for five games and all of a sudden he loses a couple of those games, it drops him out of my top ten list for me. Um, so this might be the one exception for me where – I do just have my rankings done a little bit different with a little bit of injury concern from the guy. Um, but you know what? If I could get him around here and he could stay healthy, I'd... Yeah, and I, I guess I was just trying to think of, like, the only other thing would be, like, just kind of like, yeah, it's the age. And then also, it's like, I get it. He's been pacing at this incredible pace for so long, regardless of the injuries. But it's like, when's that drop-off eventually going to come, you know? Is it going to, if it's going to come not at 34, when's it going to come? 35? It's going to come 36. That he all of a sudden doesn't become this uh, incredibly large, uh, you know, point producer. So I was just kind of thinking, I can see it kind of in his age 34 season. Maybe he falls down to maybe like a 45 point guy kind of thing. And then maybe once he resigns, maybe he only becomes like a 40 point guy. And that, and you can kind of maybe see that little bit of a trick off, trickle off. Uh, as he kind of inches towards the end of his career and obviously who knows how obviously this isn't talking about just next year but obviously with the heart problems who knows how long that career will even be so we shall see so uh, Mason has Latang here ninth overall and uh, top honorable mentions for myself and PJ uh, PJ who do you have for your ninth overall defender so this was a guy that I was just trying to find a way to fit him into my top 10 because and he did and even in my projections he's in the ninth spot I, I have him in the spot that I I want him but I kept like looking at there's just some other names like the Latangs and stuff we're talking about they're exciting names and it's hard to bump them out of the list uh, but I'm going with Jeff Petrie here um, and there's a few reasons for that one he's another guy like Nurse where I just love his peripheral kind of floor he 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 does hit he does shoot he you know he's gonna get you some peripheral points every game no matter what whether he's on the score sheet or not but at the same time he's been notoriously finishing in that kind of top 10 to top I looked back a few seasons and a couple I think he was like the 11th spot like two years in a row last year he was in the top 10 um, you know he's been in that chunk yet he's kind of this not as talked about name and part of that was because he was always playing behind Weber for the past few years but now Weber's going to be out for you know the, the season he's going to be the top PP guy yeah there's Romanov and guys like that coming up but I don't see a guy like that taking away his power play time um, you know even if you just kept him at his projections of what he's been doing he's probably still worthy to be in that talk around that top 10 to top 15 defenseman in the league based on his peripherals and still being a guy that puts up points 
But now with Weber gone, I just, you know, there's a few things I'm curious to see. Is he going to get a little bit more ice time? Is he going to get a couple more points? You know, I don't think he's going to like shoot up at, like out the roof and like have this huge step up in scoring. But I do think, you know, he's still what? I think 30-ish. I actually don't have it up in front of me right now, but I think he's around that. Um, 30, 34. Okay. So his, age 34. his age 34 season is coming up. Yeah. I don't, okay, I don't so know if he's 34 as, yet, but. Yeah, same, same as Latang kind of age. But I'm just excited to see the opportunity. There's a few questions I have about Montreal with this offseason moves, but there's also some exciting guys like the Caulfields and stuff that we talked about in right wing with honorable mentions and whatever. Um, you know, playing on that power play, they might have some more scoring, which is one thing Montreal's been lacking. They might be hurting a little bit more on their defensive side of the game, losing guys like Deneau and stuff like that. But if you have guys putting the puck in the net, he might be able to actually bounce up a few more points playing on a power play with guys like Hoffman and Caulfield and whoever that, you know, power play ends up looking. So there's a things, a few things I'm excited about. I felt like I had to put him in my top 10 because he's already been proving it. And now he has maybe even slightly more opportunity to, to take even a slight step forward. I Petrie someone that I originally had actually as high as like, I think like seventh for myself, but uh, in adjusting my list, he actually eventually fell down to my third overall honorable mention. Um, so I think maybe I'm kind of noticing a trend. Maybe I was a little ageist in this list. Uh, again, just com- coming up to his age 34 season, where's when's the wheel kind of eventually fall off? All the you've kind of already seen. You said you mentioned the perifs, but the in the last two seasons, you've already seen the blocks kind of fall off. The, the shots and the hits are still there to be fair. And it's not like he doesn't block. He still gets about a block a game essentially, but just not essentially what it was a couple seasons ago. And, and yeah, if he does have the power play all to himself and they're not splitting it, you know, like they were last year, that would be great, but who knows, maybe they're still splitting it. I don't trust Ducharme as long as, as far as I can throw him essentially, but <laughs> we'll see there. Uh, Mason, what, how do you feel about uh, Petrie? Um, he's an honorable mention for me. I love um, his peripherals as well, but I don't have him quite as high as Nurse just because the peripherals are a little fewer, um, so the floor isn't there as much. Um, I do think that Petrie is good this year. He finished ninth in fantasy points per game um, last year, but uh, that's on a really high shooting percentage and um, also just a point pace that I don't really expect to uh, repeat like 62 points was a lot um there are a few guys with high shooting percentages there and um him being one of them um you know he was he was on the top power play all year last year so i can't really see that improving like (laughs) i loved having him on my team last year and being on that top power play but um i don't think weber out really changes that um even when weber was there they just played two defensemen on the top power play um and he also like weber's missed a ton of time um over the last few years as well like he was out um almost a full season a few years ago and petrie had the top power play and he was still like a low 40s kind of player so um yeah this year it's just a huge outlier compared to the rest of his career even when he was getting um top power play time other seasons um, a significant amount of it so I just I'm not banking on the 62 points I do have him uh 
with like in the mid fifties for points, but that just doesn't put him uh, up to the level of some of these other guys who either have uh, better peripherals or upside for like 70 plus. Yeah, that's interesting. I actually have him probably right around the same point for point projection. I think I had him at 56. Yep. 56 right now. So right mid fifties kind of area. Um, But I guess the thing I'm excited about on the, power play Mason more so than just like the time is just that power play might be able to convert more with guys like Hoffman and Caulfield that was a power play that wasn't a super strong power play there was like notorious didn't they go the first like whole round without scoring a power play goal or something like that in the playoffs I think it might have even bled into their second series they had like zero they kept saying like if their power play could like convert on one that would like, you know, help them that much more when they were playing Toronto. I think it wasn't until either the last game of Toronto, they got their first power play. So it's not like it's a power play that's been doing well. And I guess the one thing I would hope for is with some of these guys that are more shooters or, or guys that have more of an elite shot um, playing on that power play, they might be able to convert on the power play a bit more, but yeah, uh, I still, even with the projection of, you know, that kind of mid fifties, just with perifs, maybe I'm a little higher on his perifs than you guys. still at this point, I had him for, you know, under hundred blocks at like 95, but I have them around like the 150 ish for hits and probably just under 200 shots. And that's something that excites me and a guy uh, who's going to be playing a decent amount of time. He's going to be taking on the five on five workload, running the top power play that might be able to convert a little bit more than it was last year. Um, so, like I said, I don't think he's taking a huge step forward. Yeah. He was on a higher shooting percentage. I did drop him down a bit as well for this one. So I'm not projecting him for like to be going through like 15 goals or anything like that this season. Um, but yeah, just a guy I'm excited about. I thought he was worthy of my ninth overall spot. And um, yeah, I could see him, like I said, he's right in that thing where he one assist could drop him to my 12th spot or whatever. But uh, right now in my projections, I have him at nine and I'm, I'm confident with him to finish in the top 10. Yeah. Just, uh, I'm just going to throw out some of the a couple ADP so far for the players we've mentioned. Um, Barry and Nurse are right next to each other. Um, Barry at 38, Nurse at 39. So those are viewed very similarly. Uh, Latang is down being drafted at 46th overall. So you could get him uh, close to a round later, which is nice. And then Petrie is currently at 55. So he's even around later than... Um, Latang. So I do agree that Petrie is going at a value. Um, in my opinion, Barry's going too high, but probably right around where Dave thinks Barry should be going. No, yeah, I think that's actually a pretty good spot for him. And I was kind of talking before about how any of these like top 14 defenders, I would feel okay as my number one defender, just because like, obviously, if you get Petrie that late, that means that you're getting a better forward early on in one of those top picks and things like that. So Yeah, obviously, maybe I'd like him a little bit later than that. But if I did, if I did see a little bit of a D run going, and I wanted to get someone that I'm confident that'll at least put up a good floor for me, I'd feel pretty good with him there. Just to give a a little bit more context on what you were saying, Mason, as well, I I, uh, just pulled up the mock as well. And so that would be Petrie going at 14th overall for D like he would be the 14th D off the board. Um, And that has Tyson Berry going seven d nurse at eighth latang at 10th overall for d just just to give some context on you know where they're ranking in the drafts you were saying mason and just where they're ranking versus other d right now in those mock lists so as well so the patrons a little bit higher on uh, barry over nurse than, than me but right beside each other like you mentioned mason and uh, maybe they're trending a little bit more towards your your thinking dave 
not not quite third overall, but you know, higher than than Nurse for for the paper. Yeah, hey, this is I'll I'll be happy to get him where everyone else is taking him. So we'll we'll see there. So uh, I'll I'll finish it off here for the ninth overall players. Um, I had a guy who excites me, a guy I've been uh, pumping up a little bit, Aaron Eckblatt here as my ninth overall defender here. Just um, someone that for the longest time, it's hard to remember. He's only going into his age 25 season, but I say for the longest time, like it's been a few years that he's always been like one of the top defenders that you take that isn't on the top power play just because he like shoots a ton and does just tons of ice time and everything like that. Well, now he is the only one that's going to be on that top power play. He doesn't have to worry about anyone else. Yandel's out of there maybe Uyghur, but no, I don't think so. Uh, I think Ekblad is going to continue up to get all those crazy shots, continue to do everything else. I think he's going to be on that great Florida power play, which I think is going to be electric. Uh, obviously, whether it's uh, Bennett or someone else in there, I think they're going to be solid. I think Florida is going to be scoring points out the wazoo, and I'm just really excited to see what he can do. And he's someone that I want to take that chance on before he shoots up into the top five or something like that. Uh, PJ, where'd you have uh, Aaron Ekblad? Well, Dave, I'm super glad you have Ekblad in your top 10 list. He was the guy that didn't make my list that hurt me the most to not put him in my list. Uh, he's an honor old mention for me uh, right around that 12, 13 spot for me. I love the guy. I've been trying to trade for him in dynasty leagues for years. I just like, I love this guy. I think he's great. We all saw that Yandel wasn't going to be there forever. I love your take on it. Uyghur. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of competition. Uyghur did quite well when Ekblad was out playing on that, but uh, yeah. So the one thing about Ekblad that I wanted to mention, actually bring up during Petrie is that both Petrie and Ekblad were the two defensemen with the worst luck for hitting crossfires and posts last year hitting uh, over one post every 10 games. So if a few of those could just go in, um, you know, that could have been an extra four to five goals for either of them last year. That's already on top of Petrie's crazy, you know, shooting percentage, not crazy as much as Nurse, but like, you know, higher than average. But with Ekblad, you know, he's a guy who likes to shoot the puck, like you were saying, Dave. And if a few more of those went in, not only would you have got, say, say three of those went in, got an extra three goals, maybe four, and then a couple extra shots, that would have put him on more more of a like closer to a 60 point pace than a 50 point pace that he was on uh, because he wasn't in that much of the season. So that's a big thing that could change with Ekblad. If he goes with what he was pacing and he could convert a little bit more, he could jump up huge. I just wasn't quite confident to throw him up there quite yet. He's a guy that I'm definitely going to be targeting in my drafts and and hoping to get just outside of that kind of top 10 cluster of players. And like you said, I'd actually be pretty happy with him being my top D on, on my team if I decided to fade D a bit and go with some centermen, some you know right wingers, that sort of thing. And then if Ekblad was my first D, yes, I believe he's a little bit of a step down than some of the other guys on this list, but I think he's still going to have so much value. And he might be, I think people started to realize what he's got last year, but because of the injury, he might fade a little bit farther in drafts than you'd expect. Um, and he might be able to be a great value pick at some point. Uh, I forget where he was going in the mocks, but I do know he was finishing a bit higher than Petrie. I think he was the, the 12th overall defenseman going off the board. Um, so, you know, he's, he's still up there, but if, if I could wait on him, he'd be great. So I'm glad you put him in the list. I couldn't fit him into mine, um, but I'm very excited to see what he does this year. All right, let me paint you guys a picture. We're going back to the year 2018. 
We've got an emerging defenseman, Matt Dumba, put up 50 points the year before, gets the top power play, starts the year hot, 22 points in 32 games, a ton of goals, like 25 goal pace, great peripherals, gets injured. He's out the rest of the year. The next season, we're all, oh man, this guy's the next big thing. We got to draft this guy top 10. He's going to be unbelievable. And it did not work out. He only had 24 points in 69 games uh, the next year. Things weren't really working on the power play. He ended up getting bumped off. And uh, now he's just one of those defensemen that you take as your fourth or fifth guy in the end of drafts. Now, I don't think this is Aaron Ekblad, but last year Ekblad put up a 50-point pace. Then this year he gets the top power play um, on the back of a really high shooting percentage. He's pacing for like 27 goals. Um, loads of peripherals, and now everybody is thinking he's a top 10 defenseman. Oh, Matt Dumber was 24 this year. Ekblad was 24. Um, they'd both been in the NHL the same number of years. Um, there's just a ton of comparisons here. I just think it's really interesting um, because I was high on Dumba <laughs> a number of years ago um, in that exact situation and uh, got burned by that a little bit. I expect Ekblad to keep the top power play all year over Uyghur, and I expect him to be pretty good. Um, but even like even with that crazy high shooting percentage and stuff this year, he ended with like a 51-point pace. And even if I want to spot him a few points on top of that, um, he just doesn't have the points to get into my top 10 over guys that uh, put up a lot of points uh, more than him or put up a ton more peripherals than him. He is an honorable mention, but um, I just I think it's worth noting that we're basing this off of a 35-game sample size um, where he scored like 11 goals. Um, and I just, I have absolutely enough question marks about that, um, you know, repeating over a full season um, to put him inside of my top 10. And I think the, uh, yeah, I think the Dumba comparison is pretty apt considering um, how exactly their seasons lined up um, with each other. And I'd be nervous about not the same thing happening, but maybe something similar where he just cooled off a little bit you know, maybe um, they give Uyghur a shot on the top power play again. Maybe they go five forwards on the power play like they've tried a bunch of times. Um, and he just doesn't live up to expectations like um, all these other guys I'm pretty certain will. They put five forwards out there because they didn't want Uyghur out there. That's how much of a threat he is to freaking Ekblad. So I don't think it's a comparison at all. Compared to Dumba, when you're talking about, he had like Sutter, obviously they took the reins and things like that. He was there the entire time. And this injury, I, I don't know exactly what the injury was, but this injury was a, just a fracture clean break like he could have come back if they're they're playing in like august he probably could have been playing already and stuff like that so not concerned about the injury at all not concerned about anyone threatening minnesota sucks offensively anyways he just went on a hot run that's why if you, if you thought he was the guy of the future you're dumb <laughs> get it dumb but but uh no nah, I, I think uh nothing to worry about ekblad here and even last year in that sample size yandel was still there and, and they're not as good as a team as they are now offensively. So I think you're out of your gourd. Obviously, you still have them as an honorable mention. So not, and I, and I only have them ranked ninth. So you're not that out of your gourd. But uh, all right, that's all I got to say. <laughs> How about you, Peach? Yeah, I think uh, what you're saying is I should try and get Ekblad and then trade him off because that's what I did with Dumba. Uh, 
and dumped him in my one dynasty league while he was on that injury. And uh, that worked out quite well for me. Uh, sorry, Braden, you're still sitting on Dumba in, in that league, but, uh, but yeah, um, it's an interesting comparison. Uh, and I have to admit, I was, a, I was high on Dumba back then too. It, it was definitely a, a harder trade. I, I think I traded him for like Ryan O'Reilly and some other things in the dynasty league and I needed some center help at the time. So I was happy to get that return. Um, but yeah, uh, I still think I have higher expectations for Ekblad than your comparison to Dumba, although I do see a lot of the comparables. It's it's interesting for sure. And it will be interesting to see. The one thing I would like to say, and that Dave pointed on a little bit, is I just like Florida's ability to put the puck in the net more than what Minnesota's was. And, you know, he's playing with some other guys. You know, he shoots the puck and he gets goals as well. But I also think just playing with that caliber of goal scorers will help his, um, you know, per, like putting up assists and stuff like that. Um, so anyways, that, that's, that's where I would land on it. Again, he was an honorable mention for me. I, I agree, Mason. I couldn't justify, even if I tried to like fudge the numbers of what my projection was to add a couple extra points, he still was just outside of my top 10. I was trying to see, um, is, is Sutter out of Minnesota now? Is he gone? Did he? Okay. Yeah. I was going to, so I was going to yeah, say he's like, gone. he got bought out and signed by the Islanders, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I, Islanders I, taking on all the old. <laughs> Old contracts now. They got the, the Charas, <laughs> Suitors. Well, they're not spending them on Polish, so they can't. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I like I like Dumba now more than I did him after that hot season. I mean, so, like there's just too much competition there. You, I blame you. Blame yourself if you bought in on all that Dumba hype. I definitely did not. I'm pat myself on the back for that one. So, moving on, I had Ekblad ninth. Uh, both these other guys had them as somewhere in their honorable mentions. So uh, let's head it over back to uh, Mason, I guess, for your eighth overall defender. Yeah, so eighth overall, we're finally getting to some more exciting players and um, definitely a tier after this guy for me. So that 9-10 and my honorable mentions are all fairly close. Um, this next tier that I have, like my third through eighth defensemen are within like 10 fantasy points of each other. So this is what I was saying at the start of the episode where to me, uh, I would like to get one of the last guys, whoever's left um, from this tier uh, and just be okay with that um, as opposed to, you know, betting big on one of these other guys uh, having a bigger season than we expect. But um yeah, anyway, my eighth overall pick is Adam Fox. Um, so I really like Fox. I don't know if Dave will have him since he hates the Rangers. Uh, but uh, yeah, I really like what he did last year and his first year in the league. He's still extremely young um, on an amazing top power play. And uh, he puts up a lot of even strength points as well. Um, being the number one defenseman on the team, and getting so much ice time is, uh, yeah, going to help with that. And, um, you know, I think his peripherals, they're not great. He blocks a lot. Um, but I think those things usually take a step forward in your first two seasons. So uh, maybe he'll get even a bit more of that this season. Where do you guys have him? I may hate the Rangers, but I do love me some Adam Fox. So I've got him as my sixth overall defender so actually even a couple spots higher than you uh, how about you pj yeah i've uh, also got fox in my list and i have him sitting at sixth overall so one spot above uh, darnell nurse for me um so uh, agreeing with a lot of what was said you know he just came off a stellar season obviously so there's a bit of recency bias but there's a lot of things that i like going forward that i think he could replicate and do it 
But like you just said, there's a few, a lot of things to like about him. He shoots the puck decently. He's not as much of a volume shooter as some of the other guys, but he still blocks. He still hits. He's at like a hit a game ish or so. And then, you know, a few more blocks. That's and, not good. You know, decent shots. One hit a game gives you an extra 0.25 points. <laughs> yeah. But if you're looking at a guy who's putting up that many points and then also still at least, you know, there's some other D that are up there. Like you look at like guys like Yandel when he, was in his prime he put up a ton of points and he'd have like half a hit half a block a game or less so like you were getting nothing in person you had to only rely on his his points where guys like fox he does still at least give you a couple you know clear floor points and then he's able to put up those points so like i said he's not he's not the volume shooter like these other guys he's not putting up the same perips but he at least has a few there you know you're still going to probably get about a hundred of this or or you know that sort of thing um, so you've got a bit of a floor, not not a super stellar floor, like we said. Um, but yeah, I have him sitting at six. I think he's going to be able to play. Uh, Mason and I are a little bit higher on New York than Dave is, obviously. And I think they're trending in a, in a decent direction with some of their players. And that power play looks interesting to me. They've got some good players there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can keep going what he's doing. He's young player with uh, a lot of potential. Yeah, and I was obviously saying it's not a lot of blocks, but I obviously agree with you in uh, your point projection of him because I also have him as the sixth overall defender. And yeah, I, I don't like the Rangers this year. I think they regressed. They didn't do anything, I'll repeat. But uh, I still, I just kind of keep him up that high just because I love him as the player. Like he's probably one of the defenders I like watching the most uh, just because of what he can do with the puck and how smooth he is and just love watching all his highlights and stuff like that. So I think he's the one who really kind of drives that power play. Maybe the Rangers will regress on even strength, but I still think that they'll be just as good on the power play. What do you, how do you feel about actually Mason, you feel the least on Fox down there at eighth. How do you feel about him? Yeah, I love Fox. I traded for him as soon as D'Angelo got cut last year, and uh, that definitely helped me out in Kakupful and another league. Um, and I already drafted him again this year, so I'm I, I like him quite a bit. Uh, he finished this last year at 11 eleventh uh, for defenseman and fantasy points per game, and um, you know I think he can take a bit of a step forward, but he scored a ton of points last year. I can't, I am not going to project him for like taking some big step up to like 80 plus points. Um, I haven't projected for 71. So this is my first guy that I have uh, projected over that 70 point pace uh, that I'm expecting from Barry. And um, yeah, I just, I don't see any reason to like move him way up from what he did last year, other than, him being a bit older, maybe having slightly Fox, more peripherals. I think, I think he said from Barry. Oh, uh, you know, you were asking who uh, I would have, how many defensemen oh, I had Barry. over a 70-point pace. Gotcha. Yeah, over okay. Barry. So Fox is the first one I expect to put up more points. Um, I think the only way he could, like, jump forward and become a top five guy or top six like you guys have him is if he is if his shooting percentage goes up and he ends up scoring more goals because last year it was pretty much all assists um so if that if that balances out a little bit he could uh he could move up but it's it's tough to project that and to project such a big leap uh even from last year when he was so good i also just want to uh, correct something i said because i was looking on the spreadsheet and looked a bit wrong on what my projections are so i have them projected for closer to half a hit per game but more on the block category so kind of evens out to still like averaging out around the the same 
probably projection per, per peripherals is what I was talking about. I just had it mixed up there. I uh, just wanted to clarify that uh, before going and saying he's definitely not a guy who's getting a hit per game. Um, but yeah, that, I just wanted to touch on that. And the, there's a, a few other things that, that I just found interesting. I'm looking at my top 10 list and he is uh, the guy I have projected for the least amount of goals out of all my defensemen actually here. So he's not a guy that's going to be getting you those goals but he is a guy that's going to be getting you a ton of those assists. And that's what I like. And what you were talking about, Dave, he's a fun guy to watch the way he plays with the puck, the way he controls it, the way he can make those passes um, from the eye test. He's a really fun guy to watch. And I think that helps uh, build. And like we said, he's, he's only 23. He's, he's still got a lot of growth. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm not jumping him up huge on being that he's like a young guy and he's, going to take even a huger leap forward but I think he came off a really stellar season even at that age and I think he's going to build on it um, and that's why I put him up a little bit higher than Mason at, at six overall and I just remembered uh, one other reason why I like him as high as sixth year uh, guess who is in their contract year that is right <laughs> maybe one of the few uh, I guess he's the only person in my top 10 who's in a contract year also Latang's obviously also in a contract year I have another honorable mention. I won't mention him yet because I, I actually at this point, I don't think he's making any of your top 10. I guess we'll see here, but yeah, interesting to see. Maybe they'll sign him before the season, but uh, I don't, I doubt it at this point. I haven't heard anything about it. How, how much are uh, contract years worth for in fantasy points in a couple days? About 10. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That, uh, that would bump him up in my list, like I said. But yeah, the main thing is, like TJ said, it's assist heavy. If he ends up taking 50 more shots this year and scoring five more goals, um, that would be huge. Uh, so hopefully he can start shooting a bit more. Yeah, and assists are always a lot easier to replicate, I would say, especially from the defensive side of things than, than goals. So it's more of a secure number to be able to project than say these guys that we're talking about, like the Ekblads and the nurses who are, and even Petries who, you know, are shooting and scoring, but you know, it's harder to say that those guys are going to keep a, you know, linear trajectory or even level that can fluctuate a lot more than the assists. I think the assists are just, you know, kind of a lock and, and really easy to project. So, um, you know, it's a safer bet, maybe, maybe that's part of it too. Um, but it's nice to know that, you know, if Mason had, taken into account the contract year then he would have been right up at six with me and dave so then we'd all be at the same spot so we're good to go yeah, you got to do your research gotta look on that spot track.com kind of things but uh all right so uh me and pj had fox at sixth overall mason a little bit lower but still high on him down there at eighth overall uh let's let's kick it over to uh you pj who do you have as your eighth overall defender so i went with jacob chikrin um up Bit of a drop from last year, finishing first overall in a couple, but he's on Arizona. So I don't feel bad about dropping him down a bit. Um, you know, he is the guy there. He's going to be able to do it, but Arizona, like, come on, like, what are they doing this off season? They're just, they're just tanking. That's what it looks like. So I'm not as confident that he's going to be able to still do that. Even though he is the guy, he's going to get the power play time. Um, he's a guy who, you know, he has good peripherals too. Like, whatever he'd give you a bit of a floor there for sure that's i think part of the reason why he was so high last year um you know looking at that but i just don't know if i see it. like i went a little bit easier on his probably point projection he still shoots the puck he's probably going to get around 200 shots he'll probably get 100 
than 15 blocks and maybe around 100 hits, a bit under, maybe 90 hits, who knows? You know, those aren't like the craziest peripherals like we were talking about before, uh, but they're decent. Um, I think the only thing really, really going for them is just who else are they going to go with there? Like, you know, um, OEL's gone. He's over to Mason's Canucks, you know, spoiler, he's probably Mason's first overall or something like that, to, you know, that sort of thing. But no, uh, just kidding. Um, but yeah, Chikrin, you know, he's obviously a great player. He's a guy I really like as a player. I just don't have the confidence in the team around him, but I do have the confidence that there's no one else he's going to be really competing for, for that ice time and, and those spots and those opportunities. So that's why he still makes my top 10, even on the weaker team. We've seen it before in a couple guys being on like, some of the weakest teams in the leagues and still being able to, you know, be really valuable in cupful scoring. So that's what I'm hoping for. Um, but yeah, he definitely dropped down to my um, eighth overall because of some of those reasons. BJ, I'm going to need you to stop copying off my notes. Cause I also have Chickering here at eighth overall, believe it or not. The first time uh, me and BJ have ever been like in lockstep here, but uh, so that's always nice. Uh, Mason, did he crack your top 10? Absolutely, he did. Um, and I have him at uh, sixth. So looks like I swapped him with Fox um, in your guys' rankings. Uh, first, I'm just going to say something that I learned this past week is that Chikrin had a 4.0 GPA in high school, taking a lot of honors classes. Adam Fox had a 3.3 GPA. So who's going to be the smarter player? <laughs> I think it's Chikrin. How many a couple of points is that? <laughs> uh, ten. <laughs> no. Not not sure why that those numbers are available online, but <laughs> someone was talking about how Fox uh, was so smart because he went to Harvard, and I just wanted to look it up, and turns out Chikrin is kind of a genius. So. Um, anyway, yeah, I actually, uh, I love Chikrin for the peripherals. PJ, you were raving about uh, nurses' peripherals, and then you were like, oh, and Chikrin's peripherals, like, they're pretty good. They're nothing insane. They're pretty good. Chikrin's peripherals uh, in a couple scoring, like their paces from this last year, uh, were worth more than nurses because it's mostly for him, it's shots and then a large amount of blocks, and he hits less than nurse, but because those aren't as worth as much in Kikupful, um, Chikrin actually had, uh, yeah, the higher peripheral point total um, than nurse. So um, to me, he's basically basically a nurse. He's going to do the exact same thing with peripherals this next year, but he has the top power play. And I don't really care if he's playing on Arizona. Like you guys said, like their offseason wasn't good, but like they lost Garland and they lost Ekman Larson. Like, I don't think either of those guys is like super necessary to Chikrin's success. Like, I think he's going to be, I don't know, maybe like low 50s in points. He's not going to do anything special there. But um, for me, like, those that low 50s is going to put him up, um, yeah, at six overall in my rankings. And that's largely just because of those peripheral numbers. And um, because I think he's a really good player overall, he can score <laughs> some goals and get some assists himself. He doesn't need to be on a good team as he showed this last year. So even cooling off his shooting percentage this last year and a couple guys, I guess, that Arizona will be missing, um, he didn't need it last year. I don't think he needs it this year crazy high floor and um yeah i think he'll be putting up enough points to have him for sure in the top 10 and uh, for me he's at six yeah i was actually kind of thinking the same thing as you mason was when pj was maybe not necessarily poo-pooing the peripherals but just kind of like yeah <laughs> i was like it's got pretty darn good peripherals i'm pretty sure but uh yeah the only thing for me was um 
yeah, we've already talked about it. Arizona's who's he going to pass to? It's like Kessel maybe for half a season and then hope for Clayton Keller to do something as he's being double teamed or something like that. Um, and also uh, he's kind of like with Latang. I, I don't know why, maybe for, maybe I don't draft on injury history except for defenders because obviously you got to keep the injuries in mind for Chickering as well. Um, I don't think he's played a full season. Is that right? But um, I guess uh, we'll see, but I'm, yeah, I'm not, obviously the, the volume's going to be there for him. Yeah. There's no one to compete with him and everything like that. And yeah, I still like him. He's in my top 10. He's number eight overall, but uh, yeah, I guess anything else. on I, I well, just If wanna... we can just, if we can just take a minute on the peripherals <laughs> last season. Yeah. I wanted to correct games, myself. 56 games. 176 shots for Chikrin with 59 hits and 89 blocks. And then we go to Nurse last season. Uh, just let me pull it back up here. 56 games, same amount of games. 154 shots, so a little bit less. 117 hits and 100 blocks. So okay, I wasn't that's comparing a bit him. Of a step up on Nurse. I wasn't that's comparing that. him to Nurse. I was just saying you were just kind of poo pooing him, and, and he does have good parades. He's, yeah, he's yeah, no yeah. Nurse. Oh, I agree. Yeah, the, <laughs> the perifs are good as well. I would still say the nurse perifs are more yeah. of a, a yeah. safe uh, perif to look. I'm I'm correcting myself because I said he had more fantasy points from his peripherals than nurse. They finished like within two fantasy points of each other. So <laughs> you know, all those extra hits I don't really care about, and he had more shots and blocks than nurse. Um, which yeah, he had more shots, much even more shots, not more blocks. Sorry, more shots and blocks combined. Combined. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So, uh, me and PJ got Chickering down there at eighth overall, and Mason a little bit higher than him at sixth overall. Swap. We had a Chickering and Fox swap for our eighth and sixth overall defenders between us. Uh, but now we get into our seventh overall. We've already heard PJ. He's got Nurse there, seventh overall. I'm interested to hear, uh, Mason, who you have as your seventh overall defender. I have Victor Hedman as my seventh overall defender, which I think is a bit no, of a hot you're take lying. compared you're to, lying. Uh, no, compared oh, to ADP and compared to where I think a lot of people have him. Um, yeah, I'm uh, lower on Hedman, I think, than a lot of people have him at seven. Yeah, that's definitely your hottest take. I've got him as my second overall defender. How about you, Peach? Uh, I'm right in the middle of you two. I've got him at my fifth overall. Um, I you guys are hoping nuts. For, I am hoping for a little bit of a of a bounce back, but I kind of get where you're coming from, Mason. Looking at a few things, he finished a bit lower. I'll have to admit, when I was like first, without even like looking at peripheral, like without even looking at stats, just like kind of just jotting down my top ten defenders that just like pop in my mind. Headman was much higher, uh, probably right up there with you, Dave. Probably like second was on the list uh, and then as I dove into some more stuff and looked at some of the stats and looked at my projections um, he drops down a bit he's pretty close he so with I would say this mine's a little bit different than Mason oh actually no you know what he's I have him projected slightly higher than Fox with points and stuff like he's kind of in a a little bit of a mid swing between my top four and then it goes headman and then it's kind of like my bottom guys um, so yeah I you know, I think there's, what are we going to say about Hedman? It's, it's pretty obvious. Like he plays on Tampa Bay. He's, he's the guy, uh, you know, I'm hoping some guys like Sergachev are going to get some more time with him because it just makes the other guys that he's playing with better around him. 
Um, that top power play is still one of the best in the league. Uh, you know, even with those guys getting a bit older, they lost their third line, but I don't know that that really affects Hedman too much. Maybe he, you know, maybe they're going to rely on him defensively a little bit more, but uh, you know, I'm just hoping, you know, injuries aside, he comes in, plays a great season. Uh, I'd be super excited to have him if he fell a bit farther for me, but yeah, I have him slotted in as my fifth. Yeah. I mean, from, if you're just looking at like what he's done last season versus everyone else. Sure. But I mean, he's in terms of defense, that's where you see like the most variance among skaters. And he's such a sure thing to like be up there and get you the value that, you know, you're going to get out of them. Uh, maybe if maybe on name value, maybe if someone reaches for him a little bit early, they might not get as the value at them as they should. But if you're getting them somewhere in like late third, maybe early fourth, you're getting such good value out of them. You don't have to worry about him as your top defender. Well, yeah, he'll probably be gone before then. But I think that, I mean, he's getting, you know, we talk about the power play, the points last year, he's getting Kucherov back. And that's all I care about. I don't care about his yeah, bottom six or whatever the case might be. And so, yeah, for me, it was not so much of a case of what he did last year or even the year before that. It's just a matter of, I know he's going to be great. I can take him, not worry about him, and be like, okay, this guy's going to provide for me. I do think yeah, of him I, a lot like how we talked about Vasilevsky in the goalie rankings. He, Like you said, Dave, he's a safe bet. You just, you know he's going to be good. You're, you're not worried. Like, maybe he doesn't hold your second overall position. Maybe he doesn't even hold the fifth. But you're pretty much guaranteed he's going to finish in that kind of top 10 ranking. Um, so wherever you take him, you're, you're for sure going to get a top defender in the season where you look at sometimes, you know, taking a swing on like Latang. say, you know, we've had him do great seasons. We've also had seasons where he ends up dropping down to like the 20th overall because of some of those injuries or whatever, even though he's a great guy where even with Hedman's injuries, he's still managed to finish a lot higher. So I, I'm with you, Dave. I, I agree. He's a like safe bet. Um, I just don't have them projected for my rankings quite as high as some of these other guys. Yeah, I think, I mean, what you were saying, Dave, about last season, like, yeah, he only had a 56 point pace. That's not great. Um, but I think, I mean, I have him projected for like, again, 70 points. Um, but just without having amazing peripherals, like it just doesn't bump him up into that uh, top tier for me. So again, I have this group with Tedman and Fox and Chikrin is all very horizontal to me. I don't really mind um who I get out of this tier but he's going in the second round you were saying like oh I'd be okay taking him third or fourth like absolutely like I'd be okay end of the third um whatever but putting him up in that top group like everyone is with um, a couple of the top players that we're going to get to just seems um it seems to be thinking differently about him than he actually is when you know since he's at the top power play he puts up like a 63 point pace um every year that's that's his average over the last like six years that he's had it and like that's that's fine but it's it's nothing elite for defensemen um there's a bunch of people that put up a 63 point pace um uh every year those players might change but there will be a bunch that put up that number by the end of the season um each season and um so yeah i think i think it's just tampa bias same thing that we were saying with point probably being drafted too high 
Um, I think Edmonds just going to be drafted too high because like, oh, he's on Tampa. He's an amazing player and he's playing with on the top power play with Kucherov, Stamkos and Point. But like, if you look at what he's done every single season, it's it's not to me an elite number that's going to put him top three. So um, I probably won't end up getting him anywhere just because um, he'll be drafted too high for me. I do also think Victor Edmonds, in my opinion, probably the best defenseman in the NHL but not necessarily the best fantasy defenseman in the NHL. I think he does a lot of really good things. He plays the puck smart. He plays defensively position-wise, but that doesn't always convert to fantasy. And like you said, Mason, he doesn't necessarily put up all the same perifs as some of the other guys, but he's also not having to like, you know, make those hits or whatever, like, cause he's in position. He does well. He moves the puck well. He's playing with good teammates. Um, so, you know, part of it there. But I'm with you. I, I just don't know that his, you know, fantasy points are quite to the same elite level as where he gets drafted. So I, I would agree with you on that one. He's a guy I love. I would love to have him on my team. But like you said, I probably won't because like we mentioned, I'm, I'm okay with fading D a couple rounds this season and, and getting somebody in the third or the fourth round, whoever's like on this list that's still kicking around. Uh, and I don't think Edmund's going to be one of those ones. He's got the name value. He is a solid safe bet D. He's just not quite in my uh, my top four or whatever as, as I have him in, in fifth spot. And I think, again, I think you guys are poo-pooing the perifs a little bit much here. 200, he's last season, which was, admittedly wasn't his best season. He paced for 200 shots, 110 blocks, and about a hit a game. Like, well, there's some pretty good perifs to go along with a great point for. And I don't know. I guess uh, I guess we'll see. You guys are just a little bit low on him. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I like Edmund. Again, it's my job to uh, take him down here because you guys have him ranked higher than me. But um, one other thing in Kakupo is just it doesn't count power play points. So like if power play points were scored for anything, he'd definitely be above Chikrin for me. Um, but because you get nothing for, you know, at 30 power play points versus uh, or more versus Chikrin's like 18 or whatever he's going to put up, like that just, it, it and would just boost him Chikrin and, far, Chikrin far ahead of Chikrin. Man. Chicken in front of Hedman is just absolutely bonkers. You're bonkers. I'm All right, we'll see. He finished way ahead of Hedman this past season. So even with some regression oh, yeah. in there and expecting Hedman to move forward, I don't know. <laughs> you know what they say about this past I... season, right? It was very recent. What do we say about that? <laughs> <laughs> I also think I that we all pull out recent times. <laughs> yeah, and I also think the one thing to remember about this last season is how weird it was. I, you know, what? even when I was doing my projections, I went a little bit tame on a lot of the scoring from this past season. Just looking at it, there was, you know, you're playing the same team seven or eight times in a season. You get used to them. You know, you're playing the same division. There's not as much travel. There's, you know, there's a lot of pieces that led to this season being weird and a lot of things could change. Uh, I'm not saying it should be thrown out by any means. Like there's lots of value to, to get, information from this past season but I did when I was doing any of my projections I was looking at last season the season before and even the season before that which you obviously can't always do because some of these guys are rookies and have only been in this league for one or two seasons but you know we've had two COVID seasons that haven't been full 82 games you know that helps with people who are normally injury prone they don't have to play as many games although at the same time we saw more injuries for certain things because you're playing so many games packed into such a tight schedule so you know there, it, there's a lot of weird things that happen so 
last season is a hard one to just always rely on. I'm not saying Chikrin being, you know, the first overall in a couple scoring wasn't like valid. Like Mason mentioned, he, he shoots and he blocks and he's running up PP and he was getting points. That guy earned his top spot in Kakupple. Anyone who had him was super stoked. Anyone who had him was super stoked because they probably didn't have to draft him as high as he's going to go this year either. So, you know, there, there's a lot of good things to come out of that. But uh, yeah, with Hedman, I, I, I don't think we need to keep going on him too much longer because I think a lot of people know who he is. If you're a guy who wants to reach for Hedman because you like that Tampa player, you're confident that he's going to be there. You know, he has had some injury stuff to be a little bit concerned about as well. But like we've mentioned, with maybe the exception of Latang, we try not to draft on uh, injury worry. So yeah, if that's the guy you want to go for, you're probably going to have to reach for him. And I just have him ranked a bit lower than where I'd be willing to reach for him. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. Obviously, we all agree. I don't think we're, we're arguing about him a lot, but ultimately, probably none of us will end up drafting him in any league. Yeah, <laughs> his, his peripherals are fine, but so I have him projected for 18 more like real life NHL points than Chikrin, and I still have them right next to each other in fantasy points just because of the peripherals. Good that's, luck. that's what the numbers say, Dave. You gotta Good look at the luck. numbers. Okay, okay. <laughs> now oh I'm using Excel. Now I'm now <laughs> look at me now. But I agree. Like again, I said they're within they're within half a fantasy point of each other. So it just depends which way you want to go. I'm gonna end up with Chikrin on my team because he's getting grafted like a full 30 spots later. And can can you tell people just so everyone knows how you made your uh, Excel projections there, Mason? Yeah, so I'm largely using Dom's sheets because it mm. does really great calculations, and then I put in my own point projections. Um, I think his blend of the last three years of peripherals is very safe to assume for almost every player unless they've changed teams or something uh, i don't know that dom guy maybe yeah maybe if you're a blind follower of him but let's move on here now it's my turn to be uh low on a guy that i suspect that you guys might have a little bit higher it's uh roman yossi i have him here at the seventh overall uh mason how about you first did you have a uh, roman yossi on your list I have Yossi at fourth overall. <laughs> How about you, PJ? I'm the I'm the Yossi believer. I've got Yossi sitting at second overall. Um, I'm I'm projecting a big bounce back from him. He was another guy on that list of uh, that I didn't mention earlier, but another one that hit a ton of posts and crossbars this season. Uh, so if he could have got you know even say four out of those six. Uh, in or whatever the like whatever you want to do uh, you know he could have had a couple extra goals with a bit more puck luck um, but he's also a guy who even just as of last year was being drafted as like one of the top two defensemen in most leagues and I don't see a, a ton yes it's Nashville well we can talk about that and and let's see what's going to happen there but I also think Yossi's the guy there and I'm excited about him. I have him. He's one of the guys that I have projected for. Let me pull it up right here. Uh, I've got him projected for a bit over 60 points. Um, and then, you know, with some power play points in that as well. He's also a guy, like we've talked about a few other guys, he doesn't hit as much, but in a couple hits only worth like a quarter of a point, but he does block and he shoots the puck. And that's the thing I really like about him. He's one of the best volume shooter defensemen uh there's there's a couple other we can talk about but like that guy's gonna shoot probably at least 250 shots 
in an 82 game season. And you're getting 0.5 of a point for that alone. And then if a couple of those posts and crossbars go in, that's a couple extra goals at four and a half points. And like we've mentioned, a lot of these players, it's been not too many fantasy points apart that we're putting them. So that's where he bumped up for me is maybe one or two more of those goals go in. Um, he's still going to have those crazy perifs from shots and decent blocks, um, not as much on the hits. And he's a guy that's like crunching minutes there. He's the go-to. It's just will Nashville be able to put it together? But you know what? He's put up good seasons even when Nashville hasn't been great. You know, two seasons ago, Nashville's power play wasn't converting like it should. Um, last year, he had what lots would consider a down season. Many were disappointed if they used their, like, first defenseman pick on him. And he still finished in, I think, the top 15 of defensemen or something like that in a couple points. Uh, yeah, maybe you're not getting your top 10, but I'm, I'm predicting a bounce-back season for him. Um, you know, chalk it up to the weird season, maybe for me. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm high on USC, um, and I'm hoping he, you know, can perform. But like we said, I probably won't own him because he's even being drafted higher than most of the time when I'm taking my first defenseman. Yeah, um, he's he finished last year actually eight in points per game, so pretty fantastic uh, considering <laughs> that that was like a down season for everybody drafting him in the top three. But um, I agree with you. Everything you said, his, um, his peripherals and uh, have been consistent every single year. They're pretty much exactly what Chikrin has, except I have Yossi projected with more points. So that's why I have him ahead. Um, you said you have him in the low sixties and I have him projected for 60. So that's like, uh, yeah, pretty much uh, the difference between us. I think you just have him with a couple more points. Otherwise I think we see him the same. He can put up decent points, even on a bad Nashville team. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to draft him if he's available around that range. Yeah. And for me, I think you said it, Mason, he was eighth overall in uh, average a couple points for defenders. And I just don't see him rebounding from that. I see him uh, maintaining pretty much around that, especially with the state that the Nashville Predators are in. So, um, and, and yeah, his perifs pretty much carried him up there to that seventh for me. And uh, again, I think I agree. So would happy to see, take him if he fell that far, but don't think I'll be getting him based on that. Like PJ said, he's kind of going in first rounds last year. Although I just, I just pulled up the keeping Carlson mock draft ADP and um, he's actually going at uh, 33rd to 34th overall, 33.43. Top, uh, of, the, top of the third round. Yeah. So you know what, at top of the third round, if I have that pick, I'm pretty happy taking Yossi there uh, myself. If I've already got, you know, maybe I've locked down the top centerman and the top right winger or something like that and go for my, my first D. Uh, you know, you'd have to have a pick in that early picks, like you'll be one of the top picks. So you might get like a, that'd like be pretty the McKinnon awesome spot lineup. or something like that. Yeah. Like have a, have a McKinnon, have a dry saddle, something like that. And then, you know, maybe you pick, I don't know, some sort of right winger on your end of the second, and then you get your first D on the, the third. I'd be pretty happy with Yossi there. Uh, it does say that he went as early as 15th overall and as late as 47th. So if he was 15th too early, as he was still around in the 47th, oh my gosh, like that is, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't see him being there in, in, uh, in real drafts. So uh, that's about that where I take him. The, the 40, 43rd is the first pick of the fourth. So yeah, I think that I'd be happy with that there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would be very happy with that there. 
uh, obviously as I have him ranked as my second overall D. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, all right, so there we go. Uh, there's a uh, Roman Yossi. I've, I'm the low person on him at seven. PJ's the high person on him at two. And uh, Mason right in the middle there at four. And uh, we've already talked about our sixth overall people. Me and PJ had Fox and Mason had Chikrin. We've already heard who uh, PJ has at fifth. He has Hedman. Uh, Mason, let's see who you got here as your fifth overall defender. Yeah, I've got Seth Jones here at fifth. Um, I He's a pretty tough one, I think, for a lot of people. Some people view him as like the number one guy now because he's got great peripherals going to like a fantastic top power play situation. Um, he should be in that top few and then other people are probably sleeping on him a little bit because of not scoring too many points in uh, Columbus so it'll be interesting to see where where he ends up getting drafted and um, everything like that a couple ADP he's going at 50 so um, he's like I think that's like 14th Um, so I'd be very happy to get him there uh, since I have him up at fifth Um, I'm projecting him close to 58 uh, to 60 points. So I've got him at 58. Um, but with those amazing peripherals, like I, I think he has upside for more than that. He is up. He's a really good offensive defenseman. And I think he has the same kind of upside that guys like um, Fox, Barry, Latang, Hedman. Um, I, I think he could put up 65 points and um, with his peripherals uh, going along with that, he could end up uh he could end up being the number one overall defenseman this year, I think. And um, so fifth overall is uh, just projecting him for somewhere in the middle. Um, You know, he could also not really work on the Chicago power play and be down at 45, 50 points. So uh, for me, that's a little bit of a conservative projection to compare to where I think some people have him, but uh, would be again, a reach for some people to put him that high too. So uh, where do you guys have him? Mason, for the first time, I think maybe in this whole thing, not only do I agree with everything you said, I've got him in the exact same spot at fifth overall. How about you, PJ? This is the one to set us apart, boys. Uh, I have him as an honorable mention. He didn't oh. make my top <laughs> Oh, that Oilers uh, fan strikes again. Yeah, I think uh, I think you guys are the ones that are off base. So, uh, you know, Seth Jones, I agree. He's got the peripherals for sure and and he is an honorable mention don't get me wrong he's in that chunk of guys that were right around my 8 9 10 11 12 kind of range um but i just have there's so many question marks around it like uh you know going to going to the new team i just don't really know what he's going to be able to do that it could strike gold could really flounder and i'm just not as high on him uh looking at like underlying metrics and stuff Seth jones is a guy who's notoriously been like overhyped for being a number one d and all of his like numbers in the background show that he's not very good uh you know maybe not we're not talking fantasy points wise but like looking at metrics of you know um his quality on the ice and everything so he's just a guy that I'm not very high on. Uh, I think out of all of the overpaid defensemen this year, including my Oilers, uh, he was the least value for that, in my opinion. Um, you know, and that's not saying that I don't think some of the other guys were overpaid as well. Um, but yeah, I'm just not that high on Jones this year. I think he'll still finish high. Uh, I agree there is a chance he could go higher. I don't think he finishes first overall. I'm willing to make that bet with you guys as well if we want to to throw the side bet down. 
but yeah, let's do it. Jones we... is not. Yeah, whatever we want to do, I'm I'm down. But I'm saying Jones is not finishing as the top defenseman in couple scoring this year. Well, uh, obviously, I'm not taking that yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> Our bet will be well, top that's, ten. That's, top ten for Jones that's, or not? That's what. That's well, that's be. what Mason said. He said he thought he could finish as the top defenseman. I said he could. In if things go for break and so right. I'm saying I yeah. don't think that. How about top seven? I, top seven. Sure, I'll take the bet. He's not top seven. All right, I'll take that bet. I, I'm not going to take the bet because I'm ever going to go against the field. Uh, but <laughs> I would say top ten. All right. Um, yeah, I'll take like top you seven, said, the, per- the peripherals. <laughs> all right, well, wait, that's in, Dave. Uh, we'll figure out whatever it is, but we'll throw it on the bet board. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I like his peripherals. I just don't know. I just have too many questions around him. He's just a player. Maybe it's my bias. Like I have with some other players where he's a, a player. I just haven't been the biggest fan of, uh, which is funny because, you know, I had high hopes for Caleb Jones when he was on the Oilers. I still actually have hopes for Caleb Jones to become into a better player. It'll be interesting to see if those guys ever end up playing together. Uh, you know, that'd be a pretty, pretty fun thing to see. Um, so hopefully all goes well for him. I just think he's been trending downwards and now moving to a new team there's always that question about moving to a new team how are they going to fit in how are they going to do um you know what is it going to happen sometimes they can strike gold sometimes it can you know just be a huge dud and just with looking at his uh recency of the past few years on the downward trend uh that's where i'm putting them so he's an honorable mention for me just didn't crack my top 10 I think I think you might be reading into those like player cards a little too a little bit too much. Yeah, maybe he's, maybe he's, <laughs> maybe he's a bad like actual like defender like you know in real life. I don't care about that in fantasy. Don't care about it at all. Well, but, what you, any uh, closing thoughts on Jones there, Mason? Yeah, I agree. Like they went out, gave a big package deal for him, and then signed him to a massive contract. Like clearly Chicago believes they're not going to be like, oh, you didn't get enough points in your first five games. We're taking you off the top power play. They're not going to be like, oh, we have a bunch of other defensemen we can put ahead of you on the depth chart and play you like fourth defenseman minutes because they that's just not possible for them. And it's not, um, not what they paid to acquire or sign him. So um, I think the organization believes in him and looking at his time in Columbus, like the one time he had top power play for the season there, um, he put up a 59 point pace, uh, which is more than I'm projecting for him in Chicago. And um, the last three seasons, he's put up like 50 point paces um, with only like seven or eight power play points every year. And I just like being on the top power play in Chicago, he's going to get way more power play points than that. Whether you think that ends up being like 15 or like 28, like that's up to you, but that's the range for me. I cannot see him not finishing top 10. When's the last time Jones finished in the top 10 of defensemen in couple scoring? When was the last time he had last, power play? Last time he was on the, yeah, it was the last time he finished top ten was the last time he was on the top power play. And remember that was in Columbus. I don't know that he did finish top ten. I'm looking back as far as you know, twenty eighteen, nineteen, he was sixteenth overall for defenseman of the year. Uh, 2017, 18. That was it. There we go. We found it. 2017, 18. <laughs> that was that was the year. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a little while ago for to be a top ten to now just give him a, a new team on Chicago. Who? Okay, yeah, he's playing with Kane. Whatever. Like we'll see. The brackets. I'm, I'm I'm just not. I'm not <laughs> throwing my money in there. I don't I don't Please. think Chicago's gonna <laughs> be that much of a boost 
props for him. So yeah, the the bet's in. I don't think he finishes top seven in defenseman. We might have to tweak that. I mean, I'd, I'd prefer if I if we can do eight, I'll lock it in. <laughs> top eight, I'll lock. All right, it. top eight, top, top eight, eight. Lock deal, it in, lock babe. it in. Okay, <laughs> okay, I I'll even go in at top eight. Yeah, I'll do it. I hate taking the field <laughs> though, but the main the main bet I'm going to be having with PJ on this is that we're in the same division and um he's not going to be drafting seth jones and neither maybe jones will end up on my team no, so ne- neither we'll of you <laughs> you're you're not in our division dave <laughs> i know that's, i'm just saying <laughs> that's true he is going what's he eight what's his like in uh mock he's, he's going, going 50th or even slightly after that so he's like i said he's 14th overall 50.43 is his adp and like me having him ranked fifth, like that would put him almost 20 spots higher yeah, so I guess so what hopefully you're saying this is blow up my so what you're saying is the, the patrons. So what you're saying is the patrons, this super smart collective of many people of the Keeping Carlson patrons, agree with me that he is not a top ten D. Okay, just wanted to confirm that. All right, and they also have Petrie ten spots lower than that, who you have in your <laughs> top ten. So. <laughs> we've moved past petrie we don't have to keep bringing up i still uh i stand i here's the bet i think petrie finishes higher than seth jones I no I'm, I'm not too. taking that bet I, <laughs> I would i like this right. bet better because again it's not the field that i'm going up against Ooh, that's so right, interesting so against, that, against dave against dave top top eight and against mason i'm betting petrie over uh seth jones there we go absolutely what's what's the bet though we'll, 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 figure we'll it out. iron out those details yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> we'll right. let you know on the uh, on the twitter yes at nhl stream scheme we'll let you know and uh all right so uh there we go here um me and mason on the same page with jones at fifth overall here and then PJ had Hedman. And so we've already heard who Mason has fourth overall. He's got Yossi. Uh, PJ, let's send it back to you for fourth overall. Do you have another steaming hot take here? This is the one that bothers me the most because uh, very much for my arguments of Seth Jones, they somewhat apply to this player as well. Uh, I've got Dougie Hamilton at fourth overall. Moving over to New Jersey, who I like even worse. I just like Dougie Hamilton a lot more than I like Seth Jones. So, um, you know, Dougie Hamilton, as I was talking about before with Yossi, just shoots. That guy, like, he'll he'll get you points just from the amount of times he's going to shoot. And especially on New Jersey, they're going to give him every opportunity to shoot that puck, every opportunity to be planned. Um, you know, New Jersey has some guys coming up, but we they're not for sure things. We've got Hughes. I think Jack Hughes will take a bit of a step forward, but we're looking at maybe a like 50-point pace guy in my mind or something like that. But, you know, there's a lot of question marks on New Jersey. That's another one that I had a hard time for getting Hamilton. But I think a lot of people are a lot higher on Hamilton than I am. Uh, I've seen him going first overall in mock drafts. I've seen him going second overall in mock drafts. And I'm just not that confident in him moving over. As much as I like some of those perifs, like those shots mainly, um, you know, he's not as good on the, the hits and the blocks. I think he's like a bit over a hit in a block per game or, or right around a hit in a block per game, but his shots are so good. He's also a guy that's probably always in contention to lead in goal scoring for defensemen. He, he manages to have like around 17 goals a season on a two game, like many years from times, even with Calgary times with, Carolina, whatever, he's he's going to put the puck in the back of the net. So that's always nice. That's like four and a half, a couple points plus the 0.5 for the shot. That's five points every time he puts in a goal. So that's nice. 
uh, for sure. But I just, I have my reservations. We saw, you know, and say what you want, but like we saw when PK Subban moved over to New Jersey, lots of people were like, oh, look at these offseason moves. PK is going to get to finally have a PP1. And we all saw what happened there. Like they're just waiting for that contract to end so they can get away from it. So um, I'm not saying that with Hamilton. Hamilton's a much better player. Um, and I much prefer what else he offers. I just have question marks like, yeah, he's going to be top power play, but how often is that power play going to convert? How well is it going to do? I think seeing that contract is New Jersey saying like, hey, we don't want to be a bottom team. We want to start making some moves and doing some stuff and and building this team up. But just bringing in Hamilton, I don't think is enough to fully make them take that step up. They're going to have to do some more stuff as well. DJ, I feel like in, in your uh, reason why you took him number four, you kind of explained a lot of my reasons why I, my hot take is I've got him as my 14th overall defender here. <laughs> I, am, I am out on Dougie Hamilton. Uh, and Mason, I take it by your reaction that uh, you do not have him as an honorable mention, that you have him as one of your top picks. Here. Yeah, I've got Hamilton second overall. And uh, so that's my hot take there. I would 100% bet you that he finishes top 10. Um, like even if he gets Ooh. like 30 points, like 300 shots is going, is going to put you, uh, as seven, one of the you got top a deal. Couple defensemen. Uh, top eight, top seven, top eight. We're splitting the difference. You've Come got on, him at 14. I've got him at two. <laughs> we'll, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. <laughs> you have him at 14. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do trust the New Jersey power play probably a little more than you guys do. I think he's locked in top power play um for this coming season and um he's finished in the top five each of the last few years and i think going to new jersey like they're just going to give him more ice time than he got in carolina where there were all these other good defensemen like there's nobody like he's going to be playing as much as nurses he's going to be putting up uh, crazy peripherals and shots and i don't think that top power play is maybe as bad as people think it is um it was clicking pretty well at the end of last year and jack hughes uh looked night and day um looked so much better than he looked in his rookie season so i'm hoping he can take a bit more of a step forward and um, with him and hamilton on the top power play throw in a couple other decent players and i think they're gonna um yeah they're gonna put up some points um and then just give me all his shots and um like i don't think he's gonna score fewer goals on his 300 shots than he has over the last few years like that doesn't change too much team to team like he's taking the shot with them and um yeah i think he'll be one of the top defensemen in goals um probably the top in shots and that puts him top two for me who are these other players that they're adding like tomas tatar that's it <laughs> who else are they adding on that top I, I didn't mention anyone that they were adding you said you said like oh they got hamilton they got hughes we'll toss a couple other guys in there bada bing bada boom we got a great power but yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think that's necessarily how it works. And that's why I got him ranked so low. Um, I mean, everywhere he's went, he's had a good offense. So I guess we'll see. Can a single uh, def great defender automatically uh, carry those same results to a bad offensive team? Uh, yeah, like PJ was saying, we saw what happened with Subban. And obviously, you can say that Hamilton's a lot better than Subban and things of that sort. But I unless even if Hughes 
ascends to like a top 10 player it's still just him like i don't think tatar is that good he's gonna make a difference coming in there but i i just i just don't see it and i, and I mean hey i i said i'd still take him as one of my top 14 defenders so it's not like i'm completely crapping on him i just think you're gonna see a big drop in points a big drop in shots well maybe not a huge drop in shots maybe if no one else is shooting why not but i just think <laughs> the drop in points is gonna be significant but I guess we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I, I, I haven't projected for 56, so I definitely think there's a drop, but I think anyone on the top power play is going <laughs> to put up over 50 if you're a decent defenseman, so that's that's what I'm thinking. That's interesting, Mason. I have them projected for 57, so very, very close to what your projection is. I think where maybe we set apart is I don't have them – you kept saying 300 shots. I have them projected for around 280, which is still very high. Um, I just don't know if I see the 300 shot at this point. Point. yeah i have maybe I have it does and maybe so. okay and and so maybe that's it because i have to admit between hamilton my third and yossi who i had second i have like a difference in like three a couple points so honestly yeah, totally. <laughs> so shots can change that an assist could change that um so i understand where you're coming at i just this was one where i like i wanted to put them down lower but my projections on the sheet were telling me like, I can't do it. Like this is where I'm projecting them. Um, Dave, I think you're, you're uh, a little even lower than I am down there at 14, which like you said, 14th is still top 14 defenseman in the league. We've seen that switch over the years between guys as well. Um, I just, I don't think I could put Hamilton. I wouldn't be picking Hamilton as my first or second D off the board. Uh, and like we all mentioned, we'll probably none of us will get him because he's going higher than I think any of us are willing to take D. Um, but at that point, you know, if, if you're somebody who's thinking a bit more like Mason, where you think that, you know, sky's the limit on that team for opportunity, which I agree that there's no one else in his way. Um, you know, he's he's uh, is it Ty Smith? Is that the one prospect that everyone was like hoping would come and surpass and take over yeah. on New Jersey at some point? Like, like, well, sorry, Ty. And Smith, on daily faceoff, uh, they actually have him as a but, two D pair. Oh yeah. With, okay. With Ty Smith. So interesting. But I think like we said, I, I don't think Hamilton's going to lose shots or anything. I do think he'll lose points. He just doesn't have the same, like Carolina was just a, a stronger offensive team that was able to, to put in some more points. So he might lose some assists, uh, I think he's still going to be a good shooter. He's probably still going to be up there in conversation of like the top goal scorers of defensemen because all he has to do is get that shot through and, and he is able to put the puck in the back of the net uh, as the best of them on the defense. Uh, he's just, he's not a top two for me, but still at top four, that's pretty high. Uh, I just have con concerns about the new team. I always have concerns whether they're moving to a good team or a bad team though too. Like I wasn't as high as an Oilers fan on Barry moving to, Edmonton because I wasn't sure there was guarantees and clearly I was wrong on that one because he went through and ended up being the leading scorer of defensemen in the league I thought he was going to be good I didn't think he was going to be that good um, but I just always have my reservations whenever somebody's moving over to a new team um, whether it's a good situation or a bad one things can just not mesh or things can go like sky's the limit so I just temper my drafting on guys on new teams a little bit i think the comparison with yossi was a good one because they're both on a bad power play they're good offensive defensemen that shoot a lot but they're on not great power plays so um yeah i think that's a good comparison um i his 
it may just be your hesitancy on the new team um, then that's putting him lower than Yossi. But I agree, they're very similar. Um, he didn't have any trouble uh, acclimatizing to the Carolina top power play, so I'm hoping he can uh, make that same transition to the Devils. You freaking nerds and your projections and your stats and your equations. Here's my here's my projections. The eye test, okay? <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, again, we're probably all disagreeing on someone that probably none of us will draft <laughs> at the end of the day. But uh, so we'll, yeah, maybe Mason. Yeah, second overall. What's his? Uh, well, his. I, I don't know because what's his? I don't trust the patron rankings. What's his mock uh, ranking or mock ADP right now? He is going second off the board as defenseman. So you guys are just I mean, like the rest of the patrons. Not, not he's, just... he's going 25th. Okay. 25th overall. Yeah. He's right next be... to Hedmonton, Carlson, and Fox. Are you saying you'd take him top second? I would take him ahead of Hedmonton, Carlson, and Fox. Oh, he's <laughs> yeah. he's holding his cards to his vest. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, interesting enough, they the earliest he goes is 16th overall, and I think I could be wrong. Oh no, Kel McCarr, sorry, uh, guy, we're going to be talking about Charlie. <laughs> I was just saying, I, I haven't seen many defensemen go in the first round this year in mock drafts, so it's interesting. He's he's one of the the first guys going early second. Uh, majority or well 24th majority of the time but like as early as 16th overall so one of those first turns as late as 32nd overall um so yeah but you know he's he's going pretty high he might fall to third round sometimes and like I said with Yossi if he was sitting there and it was my pick and it was the third round that'd be when I'd probably consider him but if he's going in the second round I there's just a few other guys that I would go with first and that also includes other player like other positions not just d in general so um yeah i don't know i i feel like if i was picking top of the third and hamilton and yossi were there i still am 100 percent going yossi and it sounds like mason would be going hamilton so um you know we're, we're pretty close on those guys i think but uh, that's just where where we land with our our spreadsheets and all that sort of stuff, Dave. <laughs> D is a toss-up. They're all in the same tier. Just take the guy you can get the latest of these and hope. That was the first time, I think, in this whole preseason series that Mason was just like, no, I am not telling you <laughs> where I would draft this guy. <laughs> look. I, I think if you could, like, looking at where these defensemen are going, if some of them fall to the end of the second, like, say you pick McDavid, like, this year we've talked about not drafting defensemen at like the one, two turn, but if it came back to you at like the two, three turn, I could see taking two of those defensemen um, at like pick 28, 29. Um, if you really want to go that way and uh, not have to pick D late in the draft. Yeah. And obviously we say all this stuff um, on where we would draft people, but what we always advise as well is, you know, None of this could matter depending on how the draft breaks, what you're ordering, all that stuff. Yeah, and I was just going to say it's interesting. The last mock that I was in, D were going super fast. I think you were in that one, Mason. Is that the 14th mock? D seemed to be going a lot faster in that one than some of the other mocks that I was in. So it did end up being like a more uh, sparing up options when you're looking to fill your like third fourth d spot in there um there's still value in there there's still guys there might be some guys we talk about in our honorable mentions and stuff like that but yeah it, you know the hard part is i keep saying i'm not going to draft a d 
in the first two rounds, unless like you said, Mason, but at the same time, if the D start running, uh, I'm going to be looking to probably pull out some, some D picks in those like third, fourth, fifth rounds and try and not be stuck with like nobody's for my like third, fourth spot. So, um, you know, it's just something to consider. Just want to bring it up because I've seen a few drafts go with D where they've kind of been faded a little bit more, but I've also seen some where they're going pretty early um, and I end up getting stuck with, you know, okay D, but nothing I'm like excited about. But at the same time, I think the value this year is on the forwards. Like there's just so much more heavy forward up front that you can get value out of. Uh, and maybe you can fill it out with some kind of more mid-range D. Yeah, but be careful. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Like we always say, just because there's a run doesn't mean you got to <laughs> grab a defender there. So uh, we'll see. So only a couple more uh, players here on our list here. So, but uh, let's see here. I, um, let's head to, um, I guess I'll just start it off here. I've got John Carlson as my fourth overall defender. He was the uh, second to last person on my list. And I'm assuming probably uh, the second to last person on all your list. And uh, I'm guessing, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you both have Carlson as third overall. That's correct for me. Negative. Oh. I have Carlson as my first overall. Oh. Uh, Eric Carlson we're talking about, right? <laughs> no, no. Uh, John, John Carlson, I have him first overall. All right, so let me get this straight. You've got Carlson first overall, and you've got Hedman fifth. Oh, wait, I must nope, have missed fifth, you. Right. Fifth, 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 fifth. No, you're right. Fifth. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and yes, I, I do, and I'm confident with it. Explain yourself, kind sir. Uh, so probably similar to what I was saying about Yossi in that, you know, think of even just like a year back, and, and it was Yossi Carlson, we're going one, two. I'm not just basing it off that. I put in what I was looking at. I think we already mentioned it in the, uh, you know, talking about Ovechkin, we've decided to throw him first overall. Uh, I just think that's a team that's probably going to play well under the fans. I have him projected for not the most points by defenseman, but I have him as the second most points by defenseman. He, you know, probably is going to be around a 200 shot per game guy. He's just over 100 blocks under a hit per game sort of thing. Uh, I just think it's the points. I think that Washington team, they're aging, but they are still like a very high scoring team. They've got a great power play. They've got OV there. Just got to get him the puck. Um, and yeah, Carlson's a guy that I just think is going to finish. In my opinion, I think he's like a, a top 10 or sorry, a top five guy more confidently than some of these other guys that we were mentioning, even like the Hamilton and the headman, um, that sort of thing. So yeah, I'm going with Carlson. I've just liked what I've seen from him over the past few seasons. I can't remember where he finished last year. It was a bit lower, but uh, still like a pretty high guy. And and I just like what he's got. He's fifth overall, Mason said. So yeah, that's what I think kind of his, I'm not going to say that's his floor, but I'm saying that I think he's going to be in the top five. And just when I put in my projections, he pumped out a couple fantasy points higher than, than Yossi and and my third overall guy. So um, that's where I comfortably landed with him. Go ahead, Mason. How do you feel about uh, Carlson? Yeah, I mean, I've got him third overall. Like, I like him, <laughs> but um, I have him projected for 72 points. He's my another one of those guys I have with more points than Tyson Berry. Um, but, yeah, I just, like, his shots aren't really there, which is pretty important if you're going to finish in the top couple, um, you know, with these guys that are going to put up, like, 70 more shots 
um, than him, he'd have to really outscore them. And I don't see that happening, even though he has the second most, um, I'm protecting him for the second most total points um, as a defenseman. I just can't see the fantasy points there because of primarily the shots. And I just don't know how we would call this past season a floor <laughs> he had like the season prior in 1920 he was absolutely unbelievable he was like on that like 100 point pace for a long time into the season um but most other years he finishes at like 70 or just below 70 so i think projecting him for 72 is like is a fine projection but without those shots like i just can't see i can't see him being the top defenseman yeah and for for me i think it's a lot of the same arguments with headman you know he's super safe i can definitely agree with you there and he's gonna get points no matter what um i just like i just like headman to get more points and also my third guy barry even to get more points uh than carlson and even in yeah the perifs i think are in a little bit of a decline and at one point I did have Seth Jones over him even, but uh, I did eventually just because he is such a sure thing. I did put him uh, a tick above him at fourth, but I just don't think he's at first overall over, especially over this guy that we're going to talk about next is just absolutely bonkers. Oh, you mean the guy that's going to have less, the guy that's going to have less shots and Mason's big argument right now is that Carlson doesn't have enough shots that I think he's going to shoot more than uh, this guy we're talking about. I just wanted to point out one thing. So going back as far as 2017, 18, I think is where I was at. He's been in the top five basically since that. So, you know, that's a good amount of years that he's been a top five D for a couple scoring. Um, and I'm happy riding that train and confident, you know, we've mentioned contract years, but there's also a bunch of these guys now like Ovechkin signed his new contract and say what you want. Lots of people have had slumps after it. I think part of that is like Ovechkin's going and chasing that, that uh, title from Gretzky. We talked about it on, on our left wingers and I think Carlson's one of those main players in that we're going to see, you know, Backstrom, Ovechkin, Carlson, keep playing, keep putting up points. And I'm excited to see what Carlson does. I'm pretty confident. And I'm the thing I'm most excited about. And so I was going to say this before we went, I think this is the most out of my projections that I've felt different from what the patron mock drafts and the patron rankings have been. Um, But I'm pretty confident with it. And I think part of that is what we've said. Lots of these are tiers. These guys are so close. Even with my projections with Carlson, it's honestly like three fantasy points from like the fourth place, or no, sorry, five fantasy points from what I have projected for like the fifth, fourth place guy. And to me, that's that's a couple shots per, you know, in, in a span of a few weeks or whatever. That's a, an extra assist here or there. And it could totally jump it around. So these are my projections. I'm more confident in them than, uh, maybe some of the the patrons and he's a guy that I would be happier with taking slightly later than you know say the patrons taking Hamilton at second overall uh, Carlson going right now is the fourth overall D off the the mock list and that sort of thing um, but like I said I still think he's just a valuable top five guy and maybe I'm going a little bit with like the headman kind of mentality like we were talking about Dave is he's a safe bet we know what he's going to do we know he's the top power play we know who he's playing with we know the ice time they're going to get him 
Yeah, he doesn't have the same volume shooting as, say, the Hamilton or the Yossi, so he doesn't have those bursts, but I just think his points have been so steady. Um, and again, lots of that being assist heavy and a lot of those power play assist heavy, um, but I'm just confident in him still keeping a, a very strong point pace. I forget what you said. You had him at Mason for point pace, but I think, again, I was like one point different from you. I've him projected for 73 points this season, and I think you said 72 or 74, one or the other. And I agree. I have him as my second most point projected for a player this year from D that is yeah I have him at 72 um, I'd be interested if you'd make a bet against uh, my number one overall um, or if you'd make a bet that he will finish in the top three well I think we can uh, discuss that when we when we talk about your first overall who I believe is my third overall yeah it's Makar we can all just say it. yeah me and, me, <laughs> yeah. me and Mason have him first <laughs> and uh, PJ's got him third yeah <laughs> And I'll just start by saying this is no slight against Makar. This guy, Makar is by far one of the most exciting, fun, young defensemen to watch in this league. Watching those games, what he does with the puck, walking the blue line, um, you know, he is super exciting. I do have him projected for less shots than Carlson, not by a huge amount, but a few. Um, and maybe that's part of the difference there. But I have them both around. Like, you know, I have him just under 200 shots and I have Carlson just over 200 shots that could go either way that really depends on somebody going on a hot streak or not um, again these are just my projections and, and looking at from a bunch of sources and kind of figuring out where I fit them in um, and the one thing that I think just drops Makar slightly for me uh, again I have him projected for the most points I had him projected at 76 right now um, and he just has a bit less of those perifs, especially the blocks. Like Carlson still is, I have him projected over a hundred blocks. I have, you know, Makar looking at say 78 ish, somewhere around the 80 point sort of thing. Um, maybe that's part of it too. Maybe he ends up being more, it's going to be interesting to see how he progresses as a player, as such a young guy. Uh, but he is super exciting to watch. I believe he was the leading couple fantasy points per game as a defenseman last year, if I'm correct. No, he wasn't, not per game. Maybe uh, he was second or something. were ahead, but aside from those guys, yeah, he was. Okay. So, yeah, you know, I looked at him for sure. He's super exciting. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the, the top D this year, but it partially plays on those points. And I think I have more confidence in Carlson keeping his points steady where we're still seeing what the Makar potential is. Uh, and, you know, it's, again, last season was a weird one. I, I'm not saying that I don't think he can do it. I obviously projected him for 76 points, um, but maybe it's just some of the perifs that I have a bit lower than, than Mason on some of these projections that brought him down a little bit for me. Um, but look at who he's playing with. I don't think we can go wrong with any of our top three, to be perfectly honest, Either whoever we've got, you know, Maybe we're a you little with Hamilton. Very, yeah. Well, I don't have them top three, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I think they're so, they're so close. Like we mentioned many times in this episode, there's going to be a bunch of guys who are probably around the same value. Like Mason mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, I don't see one guy who's like standing out, like leaps ahead of all the other guys where he's going to be like 25 to 30 a couple points more than the other guys like guaranteed. I think there we're going to see a lot of guys probably around the same range. Yeah, I have him projected for 70, 
eight. So I guess that's a couple points more than you. Um, he was point per game this last year. He's still extremely young and um, has not been in the league that long. So to be able to do that is pretty insane. Um, and I just, I think he'll take another step forward this year. Um, I do have his totals like falling off a little bit, but uh, that doesn't really matter to me. Um, just with the projection being so much higher than anyone else, um, you know, he could, he could be at 75, he could be at 85 um, pretty easily in this offense. Uh, that power play is just absolutely insane. And he's going to cash in on a ton of points. Um, he's a tier above the rest of the guys we've talked about for me. And the only one that I'm confident in finishing um, inside the top three. I mean, yeah, not too much more to add to what you guys said. He's amazing. Um, and I, I also kind of would tend to agree with Mason that I do have him a tier above everyone else, but um, yeah, let's uh, we've uh, had quite a few spicy takes, so let's just go ahead and move on to uh, honorable mentions here. Um, the only I'll start it off here and I'm guessing that he might be an honorable mention for you guys as well is uh, Morgan Riley. Um, someone who flirted with, uh, not Mason. Oh, geez. But, uh, uh, not PJ either. What, what's going on here? Another spicy take, just an honorable mention spicy take. Holy cow. I mean, he's like top 25, I guess. Oh, you're nuts. I, I have him at 24th overall right oh, now. My goodness. I, w- I wish I was in your guys's tier three league. Holy cow. <laughs> he's, he's in a contract here. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> and we've been talking this whole time about Toronto might finally get like, you know, just the one top power play. And then you'll see his points go through the roof. Ugh. Okay. I'll, I'll add a couple more uh, uh, contract year points to him. And I still don't think he makes it as an honorable mention for me. <laughs> I, I, I like him as where he's been going actually in some of these mock drafts. I've seen him going a little bit later and I think there's some value there for him. Cause I'm, I'm with you, Dave. I, I've mentioned it. I think Toronto's finally, you know, playing a true PP one, not splitting the time. And, and he's probably the guy who's going to get the the main share of that PP one. Yeah. There's been some checks of, you know, will Sandine come in and, you know, steal some time. I don't see it happening quite yet. Uh, you know, down the road, maybe. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll see. He's, He's a good player, but he just, he wasn't quite a honorable mention for me. Uh, I'm just going to chime in and say that we've talked about all my honorable mentions. So I'm not really going to bring up anyone else to go over. Um, I think there are guys, uh, you know, there are guys close to top 10, like that I have like 15th or something, but I can't see them making the jump into the top 10. Like pretty much all the guys we've talked about so far, even if I've had them at like 13 or 14, like Ekblad and Petrie, like they could take a step and be in the top 10 for sure. I don't think anyone that we haven't talked about, um, I can't really see anyone else getting into the top 10. Um, Shabbat would be the one one name that I would just throw in there that I think he'll finish close to the top 10 but I can't see him being inside it um, and uh, yeah that's that's hoping that Ottawa takes a bit of a step forward to even put him just outside the top 10. Yeah Shabbat was definitely one of my honorable mentions but I do have some concerns about him and, and I, I'm with you it depends if Ottawa can take that step forward but as much as I like I'm a big Shabbat fan but it doesn't seem to be working or clicking on that top power play with them they they just don't seem to be managing to to put through I think the Dauber uh, um, 
report this year had it questioning of like, is he the right option? Are we going to see one of these other young prospects come up and take it? I don't think so. I think Shabbat's super skilled and, and he's the guy there, but they just need to get that power play to start clicking. And if it could, then yeah, he could jump up. Um, the one that I have for uh, honorable mention is Shea Theodore. Um, there are some questions there too of, you know, who's going to be that top power play. And I think that's part of the reason why he didn't crack the top 10 list for me. I really like him as a player and I really like a lot of what he's doing, but you know, they're still trying to figure out who that top power play is really going to be hand the reins to, and maybe it won't be anyone. Maybe it'll be, we'll see them, uh, you know, shuffle between the, the two uh, many times. So he's a guy that I definitely had as an honorable mention. He's, I could see him maybe cracking the top 10 if things go well. And if he takes the reins of that top power play for a, you know, majority of the season and, and Vegas plays like they have been and keep putting pucks in the net. Um, so Shea Theodore would be one of my honorable mentions. Yeah. He was the third best fantasy defenseman on his team last year, which is <laughs> crazy to think about, but both Petrangelo and Martinez had more fantasy points per game. Um, I traded for uh, Theodore in a two for one trade in the couple so that I could pick up Martinez and from that point on, Martinez was better the rest of the year than Theodore, which was kind of crazy. But um, yeah, I just like he finished like 14th this last year and um, Petrangelo was out like almost the whole year. And so with Petrangelo being there for the season, I just think that eats into his power play time overall, or if they both play top power play, then maybe that hurts the power play a little bit. So I just can't see him moving forward from what he did this last year. And I expect a bit of a step back, um, especially where he's going in the mock drafts, like ahead of Jones, Ekblad, Chikrin. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Someone that um, if, if, if I decide to go completely zero D and he's still there <laughs> and like uh seventh round or something like that i'll happily take him but yeah according to that uh, adp doesn't doesn't look like it'll be a problem for me so yeah i didn't have him as an honorable mention yeah uh, uh bj yeah you mentioned shabbat that was my last honorable mention he was like the last guy that i think that i would be okay with kind of being my top defender and being okay with that because i could see him having a pretty good floor and also yeah if the senators somehow make it click he could even kind of grow from there uh did anyone else have any other uh honorable mentions anywhere i don't know that i have any more honorable mentions for quite the top 10 there's just a few players that i'm kind of interested in and and more so curious on your guys takes on them because there's a few guys and i know i just made a huge case about changing teams and everything like that but i'm honestly curious where Giordano finishes this season playing on Seattle. We've, we've talked about Seattle, you know, he's possibly going to become the captaincy. I'm curious if, if he actually ends up being a trade deadline uh, potential move or something like that. If Seattle's going to try and keep getting picks or going younger. Uh, I'm just curious to see my issue with Seattle is who's going to be scoring the goals. But at the same time, a lot of the D they brought in are big, like strong defensive D and he's probably the only guy who really has that true like offensive upside. But at the same time, he's getting older. He's only a couple of years removed from a Norris season. Um, I'm not saying I think he's going to crack the top 10 by any means. He's a bit lower on my list for sure. But he is a guy that I find intriguing. And I'm, I'm just trying to gauge where in the draft I'm going to be looking at him if he's still falling at, at some point. I would take him. He's like 
30th for me, you know, like I wouldn't feel comfortable with him as my second defender, but I'd feel good about him, really good about him as my third defender, as someone who could catch that top power play and, and run with it, even though I don't think there's going to be a ton of points to spread around there up in the Seattle. How about you, Mace? Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Um, it all depends on how Seattle does, but at age 37, like I'm not banking on anything huge from him. I think he has a good, a good floor, and hopefully he gets the top power play and can do close to what he did in Calgary, and that's fine, but um yeah i don't i don't expect anything anything huge from him um that said i think that range of defensemen is extremely interesting like i am looking at my rankings um my 19th through 23rd defensemen are ryan pulak charlie mcavoy mark giordano uh, neil pionk and ryan ellis and i think if you're going zero d like this is the range that you want to grab a couple guys from because these are all guys like Pulak is a pretty safe floor with peripherals. Um, and we'll see if Noah Dobson takes the top power play, but if he doesn't like Pulak has a pretty, um, that benefits him a lot. Uh, McAvoy again, solid floor with peripherals, maybe taking the top power play this year. You have Giordano going to Seattle who could end up, um, you know, being pretty good for fantasy. If that top power play clicks, uh, Neil Pionk, who again, crazy peripherals, uh, was fantastic the year before, but then didn't have the top power play. So there's a chance he gets it back if they think Morrissey's not doing enough. Cause he didn't all last season. And then Ryan Ellis, who is, you know, moving to Philadelphia, he's been really good on Nashville. So maybe this being a better offense. Um, and if he gets a like top power play time, which he didn't really have in Nashville, uh, he could, you know, take a step forward too. So those are all like all five of those guys are potential top power play guys, um, that have pretty good peripherals. So that's the type of range that I'm looking in. If I'm not getting one of the top few, um, I'd be happy taking some swings on guys there and hoping they work out. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought up a couple of those guys. Cause they were some of the other ones that I was curious about uh, on your takes as well. Pulak being one, it'd be really interesting to see if he can take that top power play, because like you said, those perifs are so nice that even if he gets splitting the time uh, on the power play and they can start clicking it or whatever, he's, able to put a little bit more in um, Ellis is a super interesting one for me I think he's going later in the mocks than maybe where I would project him which is kind of nice you might be able to get it but a lot of that like you said is is he going to get that top power play I think he probably gets a crack at it but with all these changes in Philly's defense it's interesting they have a bunch of options. I think Mason, you and I chatted about it at one point already. And I think there might even be a situation where we see Philly being one of those teams that goes with 2D on both PP1 and PP2. Um, and I would say, in my opinion, I think Ellis would get that top power play. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not too sure who, who goes where, but between those guys, there's a bunch of options. And um, I think there is some value and, and yeah, it's a bit of a swing because if it doesn't lock down on that top power play, you might lose the time because there's so many other options. So I think Philly is one of the teams where we could see the, the power play D changing possibly the most throughout the season because they kind of have four options to kind of try out on that D. Um, but yeah, the, the last kind of two that I think are worth talking about maybe maybe not um one and i know uh they talked about this on the mock draft um episode but darlene they were saying like he's going 100th overall or something like that buffalo is just such a unfortunate 
team to really try and draft anyone on. But again, if he's falling in that, you know, I've seen him going lower, like 120th and stuff like that in mocks. Like, yeah, you could probably get some value there. Um, Mason's saying, yeah, like 116th is his average draft position for the, for the mocks. And at that point, there's probably some value there. But again, it's, it's a bit of a swing. Like, is he going to come into that form? Maybe, maybe he takes off, but I, I don't see it on that team. Um, and then the other one, that's just an interesting one. Cause I see it in so many like other projections. Uh, he's pretty high in some other people, like maybe not always top 10, but he has been in top 10 and that's Brent Burns and he's getting old, but you know, the guy still does shoot the puck. He he's, Perifs, he's a, a big, strong body. If he can get some points, it's just a matter of will San Jose, you know, take a step forward this year or not. They are in that Pacific division. So there are some opportunities to maybe get a few more points here and there. Um, I'm just not sure where he lands quite yet on, on my rankings, but he is a guy that I'm seeing projected higher than he's probably going in some of these mock drafts. Um, not necessarily my projections, but seeing some other projections. So those are just a few of the D that kind of stood out to me when I was looking at guys a little bit farther down the list, seeing them go in mock drafts and and seeing maybe some value at the points where they're going. Yeah, so that was a lot of guys. I would say for uh, Mason, for for your list, uh, pretty much they all sounded like uh, like lower, uh, like around like 20, lower uh d2 kind of guys so like around like yeah 22nd to like 28th around there except for giordano he was the one that kind of stuck out to me because obviously i said i'd rank take him as like a third d around like 30th uh i like actually dalene more than any of those other guys like so to get him in the top of the ninth round i believe that is according to that adp i think is great value i'd love I'd love for him to be my uh, second defender, ideally. And Brent Burns, that's also someone that I would take in front of those other guys you mentioned, uh, Mason, just because um, he's like as like a high, high, either a high 2D or even mid 2D uh, kind of thing. So right around maybe like 20th uh, overall for defenders. But odds are at that point, name value, he's probably going to go before then, I'm assuming uh yeah he's going around all those guys um in the adp but just looking back at this list like we've talked about like our top 15 say that three of us one of us has inside the top 10 um kind of our top 15 players uh beyond that like i i think my strategy for this year just laying it all out there i would get uh i would try and take one or two of those um top 15 guys depending on where the value falls to me in that group and then i'm probably not drafting another defenseman until we get to around that 110 spot where um giordano and ellis uh are going and then Dalene and burns around there too and pulak a bit later like if I can get one or two of those guys early and then scoop up some of those uh, late value, I'm fine. I don't, I feel like a lot of the guys in between those groups are guys that also aren't a sure thing. Um, but for some reason or another are getting a lot drafted a lot higher than the guys around hundred, 110. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Uh, any closing thoughts there from you, Peach? Yeah. I, I think that's a pretty wise strategy, Mason. I think that's kind of, I know they're just mock drafts and, and, it kind of gives you a sense, but it's not, you know, things change once the real drafts come. I think people start, you know, sometimes even going with their heart a bit more on certain ones rather than where they have them ranked and, and other things can change. But uh, in a few of the mock drafts, I definitely have taken, you know, a, an earlier D 
for example, the last one I was in, I took nurse in the third round at 38th overall. Um, and I was happy with that because the D started going. So I think Barry had went right before me and pretty much everyone else we've talked about were like right around that point. Um, I know I was a bit higher on nurse than you guys, but I think even a lot of the guys you mentioned had already gone. And then I didn't take another guy until, um, so that was in the third round. And then I took Provorov at 103 in the eighth round. Uh, and then I took Darlene in the ninth round at 122 and finished it off with uh, Pareko at 178 in the 13th round. And I don't hate that D lineup. You know, if I've got Darlene, Nurse, Pareko, and Provorov, and I only took one early and then waited till after 100 to take my second D, uh, you know, that's a pretty respectable thing. And I've got the likes of like Crosby and Rantanen and stuff like that on the team as well. So I was able to get some of those guys. So I'm pretty happy with that sort of strategy, Mason. I, I agree. I think it's, if you can get one of those early guys and then wait a little longer, there is some value to be had. And like you mentioned, Mason, I think all those guys, similar to our top tiers, were close. There are a bunch of guys in that kind of 100 to maybe even 150 range of, of where they're going that have probably similar-ish value where you're not going to be too upset if you don't get the one because there's another guy who's probably going to give you similar value uh, a couple picks later. Yeah, and uh, I guess you'll be able to see how many people from your league listen to this podcast based on how many people also follow that exact same strategy. Like if you get to that eighth round and there's still like someone <laughs> as like your 20th overall defender, you'll be able to know that they also agreed with your guys' strategy as well. So it remains to be seen here. Um, let's go ahead. And I, uh, I just, ahead. I just hope that uh, I get first overall pick in our draft and Mason gets uh, 14th and we don't have to snipe Oof. each other or anything. And, and, and we I already know PJ what's, what spot are you? Or we don't know yet. Oh, no, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow morning. no, no, no. That was, we have, Oh, Okay. A couple comes no, out we, tomorrow. I think Ooh. our tier, we, we don't even have everyone in the room yet. So can't, can't generate it until we get everyone to, to uh, yeah. sign in. So. No, Elon already said Sunday morning, I think is what he's gunning for. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, probably what I will happen agree. is Mason, Mason and I'll be like right beside each other and we'll just, uh, you know, be sniping <laughs> each other left, right, center. And you'll be 12, uh, 13, like the worst spots. Yeah. With, with the exception <laughs> of this list, I feel like uh, Mason and I have had some pretty similar rankings. Well, except for goalies. Like, yeah, you can take heart. You can have them. I don't care. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you and can even snipe me on John Carlson. Has, okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, that was a doozy. Definitely our spiciest <laughs> and most uh, contentious list going out with a bang here. So, uh, PJ, go ahead and remind everyone your top 10. Yeah. So top 10, uh, just want to pull my sheet back up. Yeah. So top 10 at 10th overall, I took Tyson Berry. Ninth overall, Jeff Petrie. Eighth overall, Jacob Chikrin. Seventh overall, Darnell Nurse. Sixth overall, Adam Fox. Fifth overall, Victor Hedman. Fourth overall, Dougie Hamilton. Third overall, Kale McCarr. Second overall, Roman Yossi. And first, uh, Eric Carlson. No, just kidding. John Carlson. And, and let me just say real quick, I, I do appreciate you not uh, resting on your laurels because uh, putting McCarr third, you never know, could uh, could tank you in the, in the rankings there. We'll, we'll see. But uh, go ahead, Mason. Remind everyone your top 10. Yeah, 10th, I've got Nurse. At ninth, I have Latang. Um, tier break here. Eighth, I have Fox. 
seventh, Hedman, sixth, Chikrin, fifth, Jones, fourth, Yossi, third, Carlson, second, Hamilton, and a tier above the rest, Kale McCarr, number one. All right. In my list, I had Nurse, 10th, Ekblad, 9th, Chikrin, 8th, Yossi, 7th, Fox, 6th, Jones, 5th, Carlson, 4th, John, that is, Barry, 3rd, Hedman, 2nd, and McCarr, 1st overall. And I do have a consensus rankings here as well, just because we were a little all over the place. Uh, Definitely a lot different from our left-wing list. Uh, Let's see here. Tied for 11th overall was a three-way tie between Ekblad, Petrie, and Latang. At 10th overall, we had Nurse. Uh, tied for 8th overall was Barry and Chikrin. At 7th overall, we had Seth Jones. At 6th overall, we had Fox. At 5th overall, we had Hamilton. 4th overall, we had Hedman. 3rd overall, Yossi. Second overall, John Carlson, and first overall, the real number one, Kale McCarr. <laughs> so that's about all we have. Thank you, everyone, uh, for tuning into this preseason series. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned a little bit something. I know I did. A special thank you to my dear co-hosts here, PJ and Mason. Wouldn't have been possible without you guys and taught me a ton. Got me ready. I know you guys got me ready for my draft, and I know uh, you guys learned a little bit about <laughs> each other's drafts. Uh, as well here. Dan, I just want to say thanks a lot for having me and Mason on for these five episodes. It was a lot of fun. I think it was a pretty cool format and a, and a great way to get some uh, content out I'm to sorry. some people who are, uh, oops, Siri just talked to me. A great <laughs> way to get uh, some content out to people going into their drafts, especially with the cup, cup full coming up right now. Uh, I thought it was super valuable because it made me really question my rankings and, and dive in a lot deeper and, and go through and, and make sure I can try and uh, beat Mason in my uh, tier three division this year. But uh, I had a lot of fun. Uh, maybe I'll do a little guest spot with you on the stream scheme throughout the season at some point, if I have any hot takes for some pickups for you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us on. It was a, it was a blast. And I will echo what PJ said and say, thank you, Dave, for having us. Uh, everything PJ said, except for him beating me in tier three, I should say. Um, but yeah, it was a blast to be on here. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe, like Dave said, and come join our uh, Chell team if you, uh, if you have a PS4 or PS5 now, I think. Yeah. Um, feel free to get in on the group. We'd love to have you. And if you have PS5, you have to like download the special version that can like cross platform or whatever, (laughs) I believe. I forget what it's called, but just Google it. It's easy to find out. (laughs) But yeah, I'm sure we'll all be on a little bit more often (laughs) now that the the new one's coming out here. (laughs) So uh, make sure to go over to Twitter at NHL Stream Scheme to vote for uh, who you think had the best defender list. Stay tuned to find out who won the overall rankings uh, vote and also uh, to follow along with our uh, bets <laughs> that are soon to follow here. And also uh, for the rest of the season, obviously stream scheme is going to be out every Sunday, every week throughout the season here. And also, uh, you know, tips and tricks uh, along the way there on Twitter. So be sure to give us a follow there as well. So it's like the great Wayne Gretzky once said, the future belongs to those who believe in their future. See ya.